We are live with episode 32 of the Gold Card Podcast, Worlds 2019. We are prepping for the quarterfinals, the round of eight. With me tonight, John George at the Esports Plug. How are we doing, everybody? Calvin T at Ruler R. Sama. I'm on time again, guys. Congratulations. It's wonderful. Uh, I am Vince Kaladi at Gelati LOL. Unfortunately, uh, Chris Chung at Prime Time had a bit of an emergency come up, so he's not going to be able to make it tonight. Uh, sorry, ladies. Yeah, sorry, ladies. But uh, he did leave us a couple picks. So, um, Quarterfinals. Group stage is over. We are in the top eight now. Um, I figured we'd take some time to just go over the, the second round Robin of group stages. We did a whole cast on just the four days, the second round Robin of group stages, that we went into a ton of detail. And got to say, it was a little bit more interesting than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be fairly chalky besides, like, two of the groups. And uh, it ended up being really, really interesting. Um, any group in particular you guys wanted to go over first? I, did, I didn't really, like, set a specific uh, order or anything. Um you know, let's that's... let's start with the weird one. Let's start with the weird one. I'll say uh, it was a Group B, had Splice and Fun Plus come out of it, right? Yeah. So, uh, Splice, Fun Plus, J-Team, and H... Or, uh, Gam. Gam, that's right. Gam. Um, Splice turned it around, man. <laughs> I, look, I'm still not too impressed with them, I'll be perfectly honest with you, but, like, they showed they showed me some, some guts and determination, because they, they pulled this out of their ass, if you ask me. I uh I got seven out of uh well no I got all all eight teams that made the quarterfinals correct I I only had two I had people I had two people swapped in overall out of sixteen teams the, my only mistakes were having two people swapped I thought Splice was getting out and I, I said as much on the on the last podcast even when they were down I I like Splice to get out yeah I mean I think you, you kind of saw it's kind of weird to say this but I think you. You sort of saw the difference between major and minor regions show up over a larger sample size, right? And this is like something we'll talk about with the other groups too, with like the the O six teams and some of the other groups. But like, I don't think J- Gam Gam did play badly, but um, really, I shouldn't say that. I should say Gam were themselves, and I should have had. I think my expectations were correct, but I, just I thought J team was. I thought J team was just reverse Gam. Like, Gam played badly because they were relying on super early game stuff to work out, and J-Team played badly because they were relying on super late game stuff to work out. Or, at least, in theory, that was what they were trying to do. I kind of wish Gam had played or did better on the drafts directly towards them. Like, I understand they had, like, early game drafts, but I wish they did a little bit more weird drafts they did in the VCS because I felt like it would have thrown a lot more teams off. But they kind of really didn't. So I mean, Gam kind of played Gam style way, but they also didn't according to their draft. So maybe they did something different. I doubt it will be any, you know the results would be any different. But maybe if they tried something like you know like different like weird comp like they usually do, then maybe something would happen. But I thought I thought what was interesting with Gam is that they they seemed like so overly reliant on Nocturne and Lee Sin. I felt Which, like they were super shoehorned in when it we, came to the like, jungle, especially. Like, yeah. it makes sense. Like, like, obviously, those two champions fit what they want to be doing, right? So that part makes sense. But it, it literally looked like they didn't know what to do if you, like, took those two out of the like out of the options, right? Or even just played well around them. Yeah, like, I, I don't know. And and I, 
I'll, I, I'm, I'm going to defend my pick because I did pick game getting out of this group. This is the one I was wrong about. I picked game getting out of this group on the premises of just they're weird. They're a weird team, and you only have a small sample size to adjust, right? If they jump out and get a win against you, all of a sudden they only got to win two more, and they're out of this group probably. So yeah. that was my thought process, and they're just weird. One thing I did say, and you guys can go back and – I mean, you guys know. Like, I said this is probably the worst team in this group. Yeah. I just thought they would get out just based on the situation, like the spot, so to speak. Um, and I think that was reasonable because Splice and J-Team are not exactly teams where you're like, oh, they, these guys handle stuff well. Like, yeah. these, these are not teams that handle stuff exactly. well. So. And I, I want to say, like, we could go off on a bit of a side tangent here because I, I do kind of want to touch on this because it, it was – it was brought up for another matchup uh, later on that we'll talk about, but um, to me, that thought process is exactly why. Let me try to think of the best way to put this. So, a lot of people were getting on Liquid for their draft against IG in, in the, the sixth game of that group. Whatever, I'm not going to be able to change your mind on stuff. Like whatever, it's fine. You can think what you want about drafts. And John, you and I have gone back and forth on early game draft, like tempo drafts versus not tempo drafts before. And people have their different opinions on it. It's totally fine. I think, I think it's just two schools of thought. I don't think either one's necessarily wrong. I think one's a little harder to do. And you could argue that that's the case. But, but what I'm talking about is I think Gam were well positioned to get out of this group just stylistically because J-Team and Splice aren't exactly the best equipped to deal with snowball games, right? Just by the nature of how they play. You saw this, so the way J-Team plays was totally a detriment to them. Would you all agree with that? Yeah. Like, it was just abusable. When you yeah. when yep. you when a team knows that you're going to play scaling, all they need to do is go underneath, right? And every team did that against them, pretty much. Like, yeah. Gam wasn't able to, because they drafted themselves into a hole in the first and game. Gam, even Gam got that win with the, uh, with the Kled Nocturne, we're going to fight you every time you walk yeah. in this bush composition that they had. Yeah, and, and the, the whole, I, I guess, it, it talks to a larger discussion that I guess we could talk about on an off-season show or that we'll bring up again on this show when we get to Liquid and Invictus, but I, I don't think it's necessarily wrong to try to race the enemy team like that and to put a timer on your composition. I, I personally think if you're able to do it, it's the more optimal way to play, but I know I'm in the minority thinking that, and I know that when those comps lose, it looks really, really bad. So it really sticks in your crawl when that happens. And I think people tend to have this bias about – I mean, I'm trying to think of an example. Um, I'm trying to think of an example where it worked out. Liquid in Game 5 of Spring Finals – or was it Summer Finals against Cloud9? It was su- Summer Finals where they did this. They drafted an early game team, and they just ran over them. And, like, I think everyone was like, oh, my God, I hate this draft. They're going to lose. It's like, no. Like, it can happen. But nobody remembers the time when it wins. They only remember the time when it loses because it looks really bad. So, Well, I think that this debate, actually, I've, I'm going to liken this debate to another big debate that's been going on on Twitter that's not about esports. Has anybody else followed Matt Moore and Kevin Durant's conversation that they had on Twitter? No. So Matt Moore, HP Basketball, who's, like, probably the biggest basketball genius I've ever seen in my life, had a conversation with Kevin Durant about mid-range jumpers. And Kevin Durant kept saying, look, bro, you got to know how to shoot the mid-range jumper. Like, you're going to get in a position where you need to shoot a mid-range jumper. You can't just be doing all this layups and threes. And HP Basketball kept saying, you can shoot a mid-range jumper because you're Kevin Durant. Guys that are the backup small forward for their team should not be shooting mid-range jumpers. Their percentages are garbage. They should just be taking threes and layups. And they just, like, battled back and forth a bunch. But that's how I feel about early game comps. 
like Invictus Gaming can play an early game comp if they want. I still don't recommend it, but if they want to play an early game comp, I think they're they're technical enough to pull it off. SKT could play an early game comp. I do not want to see Splice playing an early game comp, even if they're playing it against, you know, Rogue or somebody like that. Like they're just not the kind of team. The other team, if they if you make even a couple mistakes with those compositions, the other team just scales you just a bit, and then you just can't win a fight no matter what, even if you're better than them. And so I think, I think, I, I think there's some teams that can do it, some teams that can't, and uh, like most teams can't, and most teams shouldn't. Yeah, I think uh, you know we'll we'll just I'll, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna put this one off to the side real quick. <laughs> okay. We're gonna it's like we it's like we ate dessert early a little bit, and then we're gonna come back to it. We had a couple bites of our cheesecake or whatever. Now we're gonna come back to the main course, and then we'll finish <laughs> okay. it later. Okay, because okay. we're gonna get into this when we talk about Griffin or uh, Invictus and and Liquid, because I think like to all of an analyst Twitter, you know whether you respect people, don't respect people, like. All the couch analysts, everybody playing, you know, Monday morning quarterback. Everyone is talking about that liquid draft, so we'll we'll, we'll get to it in a little bit. And we'll get the thoughts on it. Um, anything else on this group? Did Fun Plus reach expectations for you? Were they slightly underneath? Do you think they'll get it together? Do you think they're fine? Like, was this just them? Because to me, Fun Plus were just themselves. Like, I wasn't surprised by anything they did. I was kind of surprised they lost the game, but like at the same time, I'm not that surprised they did. I yeah. expected them, yeah. I expected them to go six zero, but I'm not like like their their stock is so low right now. Like you should, I like I have a hard uh-huh. time not not buying low on Fun Plus because people are acting like Fun Plus is like doesn't even deserve to be at Worlds, and like this this team is very good. People are really like underrating them right now. I think they're they're fine in the groups. They were never really under threat of not getting out of the group. Cal, anything yeah. else on this group? No. I mean, it just sums it up. I I think what John said was right. I just feel I just feel bad because Doobie hasn't really showed like the champions that he's played. Even though I guess his meta really isn't suited well for him. But I mean, this group's okay. All right, let's do. What was it Group D? I don't even remember the groups now. This is so bad. A <laughs> A was G two and Griffin. A was G two, yeah, G two Griffin. This one was the most chalky, so we'll just do this next while I pull up a thing to look at it because forgetful idiot. You got anything to <laughs> say to all, you? Got anything to say to all your Cloud Nine fan friends, Gelati? I mean, I'm not, I, no, no. Listen, I'm not going to say anything because I don't play that way. A lot. Of <laughs> I'm going to take the I'm going to take the high group. ground. And just be like an arrogant northeastern prick about this, and <laughs> okay. No, it's like no. I'm gonna take the high ground. I'm just gonna say I told you so. That's all. That's all. That's all I'm gonna say. That's <laughs> um, dude, liquid. Good or Griffin. Good God. So I think okay. I'm gonna. I, I'll go. I'll go briefly into this. G two spanked Griffin in the first game. I was like, okay, reasonable to expect that. I bet against it. I think I bet Griffin in that game. No, I bet J Team, but I was going to be on Griffin in that game. Uh, I think no, I bet Griffin. I just didn't make it my pick of the week. That's what it was. Um, when they came out and in those two, the 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 last game and the tiebreaker game, completely just whooped on G two, basically playing mirrored compositions. Like they just traded spots and Griffin spanked them both times. I'm not gonna lie. I got a little bit of uh, catharsis. All right, like <laughs> Griffin's good. Everyone wants to say they choke. Did that look like a choke job to you? No, uh, Griffin. I mean, I think I think everyone in our chat is is pretty aware that Griffin's very good. Yeah, it's. Um, 
I did I did really think that G2 was winning the tiebreaker. I thought it was completely legit that, that Griffin might beat them in that game before the tiebreaker. Yeah. But when that tiebreaker came up, I really thought G2 was going to Well, I liked that, that side. I liked that side of the draft in both drafts. I liked it when G2 did it in the tiebreaker, and I liked it when Griffin had it in, in the game six. Yep. Like, I just – again, I'm preferential to that style of draft. Like, I like up-tempo drafts. I like – because to me, it removes very – I keep bringing back this point because – I went on this long t- – I'll explain this to you guys after the cast. I don't want to go into it on the cast, but I went on this long, super long tirade. <laughs> I'll, we'll talk about it later. Um, I, I was just surprised. Like, to me, it was just so decisive. And I, the thing is, with these two teams, I don't want to I don't want to just say automatically, oh, man, Griffin, best team in the world, blah, because they just spanked G2. Because it's two, it's three games, and, and G2 still won the first game. These two teams and- are so good that they can make – one of the other best teams in the world look like a terrible team in any given game. That's how good game, both of these teams are. Game three, their tiebreaker, I think was the first, literally the first game of G2s I've ever watched where I really thought they got outclassed, where it wasn't like they were messing around with a composition or they were trying something out. or yeah, They were clearly I, trying hard. Like yeah, I think they really, that was the first time all year, I think, that I really thought G2 just got straight outclassed. And so... That has to give you a notch for or for uh, Griffin. At the same time, it's the first time I've ever seen it this year, yeah, so I'm not so, gonna I'm not gonna give it too much credence. Like now they're just dead. Now I still exactly. think G 2s uh, among the favorites to win the tournament, but that that game was definitely them getting outclassed. Yeah, and and you guys all know that I'm like you know on the Griffin hype train all day long, but I'm gonna say the same thing. Like it's three games. It's not enough of a sample size. I just think. John, I think the point you made about how G2 looking like that mortal, not mortal in like a we're clowning around kind of way, but like looking mortal in the sense of, oh, holy shit, they just got bodied, is, mm-hmm. I know it's one game, or it's really it's two games, but it's a relevant data point to me. Yeah. Because it shows like, okay, like, this is the big boys now. Like, you can't mess around anymore. Like, there's no taking games off at this level, right? Not that they were, but like, Griffin are good is, I think, the TLDR. Uh, Calvin, thoughts on uh, Group A? Did Cloud9 or uh, HQ deliver for you? Nope. Uh, HK did uh, deliver. Actually, actually, honestly, HK did played decently well for their standards, in my opinion. I think the LMS played oh, yeah, my played over like over the expectations, to, in my opinion. Yeah, I thought HK looked tournament. pretty good. Yeah. HK and HQ seemed like they had the exact same thing going on, which is like they kept a lot of their games competitive. But yeah. they could never beat a good team past like 25 minutes. Once the 25 yeah. minute mark hit, they just were out macroed. They lost they like just, every fight. Yeah, like, they just they couldn't do anything. They just seemed, I don't know, it's not like lost. They just were really slow to just be that decisive, you know. But yeah, they, I mean, they were never the team that snuck the Baron. They were never the team that no. made a sweet play. Like they were just getting constantly outplayed at past 25 minutes, even though they kept the games fairly even and close for like the first 25 minutes of almost every yeah. game. I'll say this about specifically Hong Kong attitude that because I had, as you guys remember, like I had very low expectations for this team and they definitely exceeded my expectations, mostly because they showed a completely different look in yeah. the group stages and were doing pretty well with it. Like they were jumping out to leads on good teams and yep. just couldn't close the door, which I think is, an, again, another measure of like the major regions versus the minor regions where. Like, a major region is rarely going to botch a close like that, right? And they yeah, did on yeah. multiple occasions. That said, I would say that there was about th- – I mean, I didn't expect Hong Kong Attitude to be competitive in a single game. 
I thought they were just yeah. going to get completely torched. And they were competitive in like I'd say like probably three games. Yeah, they they were they were competitive. I, I was I was pleasantly surprised with them and and golf clap. I'll give the golf clap to Hong Kong attitude. Yep. Cloud Nine. I don't know what you guys thought about Cloud Nine, but to me, Cloud Nine actually. I'm going to sound like a prick saying this, but I think Cloud Nine actually slightly exceeded my expectations. Because I honestly thought Cloud9 was just going to get destroyed other than HK in this group. Mm. And for the most part, that was true. But, like, the Griffin game showed me, really, that Reaper is just a good coach. Because that's, <laughs> that's what it boiled down to. Did Blabber start that game? Or Spence that was... Uh, he played the last game for no reason. You want a little yeah. side tilt. Why the hell is Blabber playing your last game when you're already eliminated? Like, you have the MVP on your team. Yeah, why, are you putting, why are you putting Blabber in that game? I'm, I'm so mad. Perhaps some foreshadowing. Yeah, well, perhaps some foreshadowing on who I played in DFS that day, and his name was Svensk Garen. To TSM? <laughs> hmm, just... TSM Svensk Garen, huh? Yeah, oh, that, that's never happened before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I don't want to. I don't want to talk too much on Cloud Nine because I think know. Licorice played very well again. Licorice was really good. I'd agree with very that. Very well. Was, yeah. Yep, and and it's sad that they did like how they did even with that because I said in my article the only way they had any shot is if Licorice was like their big guy and he was their big guy and they still didn't have a shot. So. The team just didn't do anything, like nothing. Yeah. Blabber got off to some good starts, like classic Blabber, like first blood or like you know solid first ten minutes and then just falls off a cliff like he just doesn't know what to do, right? Yeah. The bot lane was atrocious. Niski was back and forth. He had some really bad games and then a couple kind of highlighty plays. And Niski, it was interesting. We talked a little bit about Niski going into the tournament, how we thought, like, like he's good. He's good enough to be here, but he's going to have a really hard time against this level of competition. And that yeah. ended up being true for the most part. He's got Chovy and Caps in his group. Yeah, this, you can't fault him for that. Pretty tough. Yeah, you just can't fault him for that. Like, there's nothing. Um, I don't know. Not too much else in this group. Pretty much went as expected. I mean, you could be surprised if Griffin came out number one, but that's the that's the takeaway here. Uh, group C. Man, does it hurt to see Uzi out of the tournament in that fashion? I. You want to talk about bad drafts? That was the worst draft in the whole tournament. I think that was almost as bad as the Gam Game One draft, where it they was just pretty didn't bad. have a way to start a fight. I, and. It, that game was so double double edged sword because Uzi going out right there hurts really bad. Like, it actually hurt me inside to see him go out there. But I would have felt the same way about Reckless too. I think, and like all of Fnatic, pretty much. Broxa, after the kind of year Brox has been pretty open on Twitter this year about like struggling mentally with some stuff. Like, it would have really hurt to see him and Reckless go out, and it really hurt to see Uzi go out. But I'll make the same point I made on Twitter just real quick. I am so like. I don't know the guy, but I'm so proud of like Uzi over the course of his career. He used to be the little ragey kid that was just like after every match looked like he was like going to fight somebody or he was crying and like throwing a fit all the time. And now he is he looks like the epitome of like a professional. Like he's like a faker now. Another Seems day like in he's the a, office. And he's always like in a good mood when they interview him. Even when he loses now, they'll have an interview with him and he'll just be like, oh, well, you know, we did what we could and I tried my best and I'm sorry for the fans. But like it's. It's a really good representative of the sport. He's come a long way. Yeah, Big shout out to Uzi. 100% agree with that. He was – dude, the the run that he went on in this tournament and playoffs was absurd. He's been crazy. It good. was ridiculous. Like, 
I mean, we all said it going in. It was like, Orange is a good team. They deserve to be here. Like, they're a world-class team. They'll, they'll be able to hang. They're almost definitely a top eight team. But we all, I think we all thought that they were, like, toward the bottom of that top eight or nine teams, right? Just because they were limited, right? Yeah. Like, they were limited in, in, the, in what they could do just stylistically and, like, you know, in the meta currently. But, like, and we, we all said it. it was like, if if RNG are going to succeed in this tournament, our, like, Uzi's going to be 120% performance every game. And he was. Yeah. He was obscene. He was ridiculous. He, 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 Uzi's incredible to me because he's one of the few great carries do a lot with a little. He gets all the resources, so he does a lot with a lot. The thing is, he does, like, one and a half people's worth of work when you give him resources. So he's kind of this unique scenario, right? Where d- double lift used to be this way. Where when you'd give him a ton of resources, he could be over and above what you'd expect, even from someone that's given a lot of resources, right? Um, Uzi is is that to just the nth degree. It's ridiculous. He's, he the amount the, the the amount of advantages he gets, the amount of damage he puts out in every game, it's absurd. And and it's it's so consistent. It's every matchup. It's every game. It, it's it's nuts. It blows my mind. And to have that kind of level of consistency, albeit when a team's built around you, it helps. But like. To have that level of consistency to perform like almost every single game for how many years he's been doing this is just insane to me. And du- I say this about Doublelift too. This is part of what and Doublelift has evolved, but like Uzi is just he's just a stone cold killer now. It's nuts. Yeah, he's he's he was awesome. And uh, I, I think just the limitations of that team that I, it, it felt so shitty seeing them go out that way. I wanted to I wanted to see a game there. I wanted to see a, a slugfest. Yep. And we just saw like State just. Didn't know Lulu. Yeah, like what? They were really trying to put. Didn't didn't Uzi play Ezreal? Like, like I hate the idea of putting him on Ezreal in that in that scenario. If you're going to play that comp, like if you're going to take the Lulu and you're I hate Ezreal like, Lulu as a composition anyway. But yeah, but like if you're going to put all your eggs in the Uzi basket for the playoff, like for the final game, I don't put him on Ezreal. Give me a Jinx. Like, give me a Vein. Give, yeah. give me a Lucian for all that matter. Like let him exactly. shoot on lane really hard. Like yeah, give him something. Even I, I don't think he really plays it, but like Draven, just anybody, yeah. just give him somebody that's just going to overpower, not and, Ezreal. And like obviously, I mean, his Ezreal is insane. Like he's one oh, yeah, of the best Ezreals of all time too. But it's just like not with Lulu. I, I, I hated that draft on so many levels, and it, I said going into that game, I was like, I was like, okay, like. Maybe they think that, like, Polymorph on Pike is, like, the thing, or, like, Help Picks reveals the Pike and, like, helps them play around it. Like, I, I, I get the thought process behind Lulu, but to go to, like, a, basically a Tier 3 support because you don't want to play any of the other stuff is, I thought was asinine. I thought it was stupid, and I don't, I don't want to say, like, it's one game, but it just it was just such a big spot, and to have such a huge blunder like that in the draft was was crippling to my hype for that for that game. <laughs> Here's a tough question for both of you. If you're the if you're the general manager of RNG and the owners come to you and they say you've got to make one change in the offseason, one of your starters is gone. Who do you who's gone for you? Man. Uh, or or do you just blatantly refuse? No. <laughs> Honestly, I would pro- I'd probably hard. get rid of Ming. No way, dude. In my opinion. No way. It has to be between Ming and Jiahu, doesn't it? Like yeah. they can't get rid of Uzi, they can't get rid of Karsa. No. Longji's been pretty it good. It would have to be Ming and Jiahu or Zhao Al for sure. I would, I would like to see them try. And this is this is going to sound nuts. This is going to be a little outside the box, but <laughs> I would like to see them bring another eighty carry in. 
And I say eighty carry because if the game's gonna be this way from the Don't they have another eighty carry on the they, bench? They do. Um What's his Wink. Name? Wink, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, they have Wink, Wink, but like Maybe you just have to have a guy that can do these things, or maybe you got to sit Uzi down and talk. No, you can't even do that. He's just a god. Like you can't tell a god what to do, man. Like, but it's probably Zhao and I hate to say that because Zhao is like an incredibly good player. But it ha- I feel like it has to be Zhao or Ming. But I think there's an argument to be made. This is one of the few teams that's going to underperform to this level, and I, I only say underperform because they. I think they're game. good enough to be in the playoffs. Uh, but. If they're, can I say stake? Because that's what I would say. Maybe this is one of the few teams where I might just run it back because I feel like if I the would. metagame was different, if the metagame was a little different, if we got a patch that that buffs the eighty carries, which I think we're going to see happen, I don't think they're going to be happy that Zion and Kaiser are really like the only viable eighty carries so far. So if they buff the eighty carries and we go back to a little bit more of an eighty carry centric meta, I, I could see this team being the you know LPL champions next season. I think it's really important to remember that, like, consider – I think Langshi's the best top laner they've had maybe in the last, like, four since – shit. Since yeah, season for three. Since a while. He's since been very, very three, good. Maybe. Yeah. So, I don't – I mean – and this team was weird because they look – they didn't change identity, but they changed performance. Like, RNG went from a team that, like, would punt ga- – they were Invictus. They would just punt games to bad teams because they, like – I don't know if they checked out during the regular season. But this team was just steady and consistent. And I don't know if that was because they were, like, full tryhard because they were trying to incorporate Langji, like, you know, over the course of the year. But, like, they were steady all year long. Like, they were beating everyone they were supposed to beat. They had some wins that were, like, spike performances. I, don't, I-, I think you run it back with this team. Yeah, if you, if you tell me you have to replace someone, that's a tough question because I would just run this team back. Yeah, I think I'm with you. If I had to replace somebody, I think it'd be Ming. But uh, Ming's one of the best supports in the planet. Like that's the maybe maybe just to mix things up. I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's the because having that kind of player is so specific to the strategy that this team likes to play that I, it's really hard to want to break that up. Like they've been steady, right consistent back. performers for how many years now? Yeah. So. Uh, and there's some value, even if you haven't won a world championship, there's definitely some value in getting there every year. And oh, RNG, yeah. is, RNG is there and performing basically every year. So, um, so yeah, I mean, we spent a lot of time on this group. We didn't even talk about the other teams. Uh, Clutch. Man, Clutch, Clutch was interesting to me because I thought they looked like they had the right idea. They just didn't execute well, if that makes sense. Like, in week, they looked way, way better in week two. Like, way better. Like, I, they looked legitimately nervous in week one. Like, there were individual player mistakes that were, I'll say uncharacteristic, even for, like, the third NA seed, right? Like, the whole week one with the whole teleport top, like, that, the, the full tilt thing. Like, there were a lot of, like, individual mistakes. That was just the one that sticks out to me. But there were a lot of individual mistakes in week one, but, like, Clutch showed you that they have the right idea. They know how to identify their win conditions and play to them. They, they get it. It's just they don't always execute on it, right? And they're playing against world-class talent, so I think it kind of showed a little bit. Um, in some ways, Clutch disappointed, but, like, I think they were, like, 75% like impressed me and 25% disappointed me. I don't know how you guys I, feel about it. I did expect them to get one game. I actually, like, I would have put money on it that they would get one game against either RNG or Fnatic. I really thought they were going to be the decider of the group. Like, whoever they beat of those two was not going to get out. 
that's really what I thought was going to happen. So I guess you could say they they underperformed a little bit in my mind because I thought they were going to get a game and they didn't. But this is like this is a, fa- a fairly new team like to this roster and this management crew, and I think they're going to be fine. I think they'll be in my futures for yeah, any, next season. Absolutely, I'm not this worried is, about. This is a very good stepping stone for a lot of these guys, anyways. Yeah. Um, good step I mean? forward. Um, a lot of these guys, I felt like after this other tournament, held their heads high. I feel I I, I also feel like they knew they were going to make it out, you know, and they still came and played hard, and you know they learned a lot. And like John said, next year for the LCS, they're, they're going to make big noises. So yeah, I, I don't want to like overhype it too much and say like just because they were here and looked okay that they're going to like be good in the LCS. But I think just the tra- the trajectory, and if you think about it, like this is the kind of thing that like. They went 06 in groups, but this is like a motivator and a confidence thing for them. They were like, okay, like we can hang a little bit. Like if we may, if we get a little bit better, we're gonna like body everybody domestically, and then like we can get back here next year. And that's gonna be especially because a lot of these guys are like we've been on the cusp for a long time, or they went and like had no chance. Um, the type of players they have matters just, a lot. I too. love the blend of characters on this team. They have like some new like blood. Like like a G2 is what they feel like. Like guys that get along, that are willing to play whatever. That Yeah, I, I have a lot of hope. And th- I think the, the coaching staff did an excellent job with this team. I mean, obviously, they're they're limited by its NA. Mm. And, I, I again, like I keep preaching this. Like I don't entirely want to hold that against the team. I just use the break ties against, right? But this team, philosophically, they show that they know the right idea. They're versatile. They're willing to adapt. They identify win conditions and play to them well. They just don't always execute on it. That's all. And that's something that can be fixed. When you have a fundamental misunderstanding for, like, what you're supposed to be doing, that's stuff that's systemic and, and a problem, right? Yeah. But um, I, I think the new coaching staff did an excellent job with this team. I know they went 06, but they, they really impressed me. Um, SKT. Yeah, they looked, they looked very, very good. Fanatic. Man, oh, man. Week 2 EU. Hello, John. I don't want to say you called this, but All right. anybody else? Anybody listen, else listen, a fanatic parlay? Can can I can I say this because this is the only <laughs> the only possible hole I can poke in this whole thing for you? It didn't quite happen how I thought it was going to happen. They they legit could have lost that game to Clutch. That really felt like the one they could have. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, well, I, the I three, really I was like, what the like hell, right? Really the the other games once they got rolling i felt like the skt game was pretty easy for them and then the the uh the last game pretty easy as well i mean so. i 100% lost i think like four units fading fanatic the second two games that day every, so. every once in a while man i'm telling you i said it on the last podcast you just get sometimes, a gut feeling sometimes you just feel like it's got to go that way and that's how it felt second week eu dude it's the me yep. <laughs> second week eu second week na although i think that was uh, Fnatic in particular just has a history of doing that anyway. And this team's just, it felt like they were too good to go out of worlds on the performance that they had in week one. Like they looked really bad in week one. It just felt like this team's too good to, to do that twice. Um, let's see. Uh, what's the last group? Group D. Group D. Yeah, Damn one Invictus and Team Liquid. And group of death. The uh, Group D, group disappointment. Uh, <laughs> so. Uh, we talked a little bit about AHQ. We'll just go from the bottom up. Uh, we talked a little bit about AHQ. Uh, sort of impressed me, but, like, I don't know. AHQ were similar. AHQ similar, were basically yeah. what they'd be. Just, yeah. If this group wasn't as competitive, I think they might have gotten a game. 
this is one of those things that people like if you want to do your research this was a great spot to do research because a lot of teams were just lumping the lms teams in together like yeah there's three lms teams they're about this strength but if you did even the littlest bit of research i said it in our podcast before the group started j team was undefeated ahq was like seven and five like they were not like these other two teams were not anywhere near as strong as J-Team was. Also, HQ and Hong Kong Attitude are vastly different from a stylistic standpoint. Like, going yeah. into this tournament. That it didn't end up being the case in group stages, because Hong Kong Attitude <laughs> had a different look. But yeah, Hong Kong Attitude all year long was more like what you saw in playing stage. I didn't watch every single Hong Kong Attitude game, I'll admit. But I watched, like, half a dozen games of theirs, half a dozen matches of theirs. And Hong Kong Attitude, everything I saw was more like what they were looking like in playing stage. Very controlled, playing for scaling. HQ are willing to mix it up with you, right? Yeah. So, you know, kill totals in those games made sense, but they, I think this group was just too good for them. They could have been competitive in like a group B, but all right, let's go into it. <laughs> Liquid. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. If we were, if you were going to rank this group right now based on what you saw, how would you rank it? Would you rank it how how it played out? Would you say it's Dam One, IG, and then Team Liquid? Barely. Am I allowed to say that? Because <laughs> I I really do legitimately think this this group was that close. Like I think it was it was that close. Like I, I know we ended up five one four two three three, but like it would not have surprised me at all to see a triple tiebreaker here. I do For think me- the order is how it turned out personally. I uh I have very different opinions of this group right, from you. I I thought that IG was easily the best team in this group. I thought when they lost, they it was pretty clear why they lost, and it was rarely due to like they just weren't playing well. Like I thought their draft was not great, which I'm very worried about in the quarterfinals. Um, yeah, and I thought like the land know about Invictus though, like that's yeah, and the land land games and the Ning games were very different as well, which I think set them back a little bit. That uh, that I'll agree with, and I think that's what we want. That's the thing we should go into with this team is that it looks like different teams again. Like yes, and I think for me, if I was ranking this group, I would put IG clear first, and I would put Damwon and TL kind of close to each other. I, I thought Team Liquid could have easily found their way into this, like into the quarterfinals here. But if I was ranking them on who I think is the strongest teams after what I saw, Invictus looked way the strongest team to me. Yeah, before I guess before we started, I think I said damn one IG, and then so did I. Definitely after IG damn one. I think IG's draft against TL, even though TL's draft wasn't that great, but I think that was like a typical IG draft when you have yeah, Kaiser, they got all their picks. Like Vegas, I don't know what you got Vlad. You know, it, it just looks so clean. Looks so good, and they just smash. And like that's like the prototypical IG draft you you want to see them to go to the quarterfinals. You know what I mean? And I think yeah. once we get to that, you know, to that set, that's basically how I feel like they're gonna win against Griffin. So, don't you just have to ban Vladimir against the shy? Like when when Vladimir gets locked in, I feel like they just can't lose. Like whenever that happens in the draft, I'm just like, nah, this shit is over. Like they're never winning. Like I always with, feel with, that I always I feel know. that way about Showmaker or not Showmaker Nagri on on Damwon as well. But like similarly, yeah, I just think the champion is so exposable if you're doing the right things, and it. I don't want to say this. I'll say because it's good players doing what they're supposed to be doing to to put the pieces in place and all that. But like, I, I kind of think Damwon or not Damwon. I think Vladimir has a lot of uh, noise in the in the statistics, so to speak. 
Well, not everybody does this, but when I watch those Vladimir games, especially with those two, Nogari and the Shy, stand out to me. When I watch those games, it feels like either they win their lane with some help from the jungler or they just outplay it, and then they're just unstoppable the whole game. Or they lose their their lane, and then five minutes later, they're like they carry. Yeah, they're like five minutes later, they just like, well, like they play the side lane well and they farm up on the side real that's quick. That's the nature of the like, champion. Hey, I'm not stop anyway. Yeah. Hey, look at this. <laughs> that's the nature of the champion. Uh, Chris, yeah. Chris Chung has joined us. Uh, I don't know if he's able to speak yet. Hello, hello, hello. There he is. Nice, hey. nice, nice. Um, yeah. We are in the middle of recapping. We're finishing up on Group D, uh, the group of death slash disappointment. And uh, Ooh, man, oh like man! Uh, so we already talked about HQ a little bit, and we're kind of chopping up liquid now. John asked how you rank this group. Was it as it came out, or did you? So John thinks the the interesting thing about this group is that you literally had. I don't want to say it was two different teams because I think Invictus didn't. This is something I want to debunk a little bit because I think people are gonna go off to the races with this a little bit. I don't think Invictus changed how they play. Like that to me that was that. to me that was the biggest thing going into like week 2 when they announced that that Ning was going to be starting. I was like, "Okay, are we going to see the same Invictus but with Ning at jungle? Are we going to see 2018 Invictus or early spring Invictus with Ning in the jungle? Or is it going to be like some kind of um you know blend of the two or is Ning just going to be like okay I haven't played a stage game in eight weeks I'm rusty and it sucks right that was definitely not the case but I did think that was a distinct possibility uh, Chris you should probably mute a little bit um, uh, I thought that was a distinct possibility like a non-zero possibility oh definitely but I was th- the most intriguing thing to me about this was it's almost definitely an upgrade no matter how you slice it right like I thought there was like 80% chance this was just a Stone Cold upgrade, regardless of whether he's been on stage or not. I didn't agree, like, I didn't disagree with that. But, I was curious to see whether Invictus was going to look like Spring Invictus, like, stylistically, draft-wise, or whether they were going to just play the same style, but with Ning. I yep. thought, yeah, obviously the that was kind of a speedrun-looking game, but they didn't look like they were playing old Invictus style. They looked like, to me, that they were trying to do the same things they were doing, just with a better jungler. Yeah, so, cleaner. So to me, Invictus still don't have they still don't have that like intangible that I was talking about Invictus having going into this whole tournament where they just they're they're just blazing fast. And like they missed that all summer and showed that they're they're just not doing that anymore. I'm not ruling out that they're not capable of it. They're certainly capable of it. But it doesn't look like that's their intent for the time being. That said, this is still a world class team, even when they're not doing their thing, which is ridiculous. Like that that's that should speak volumes to you just how good the players on this team are. That they can not be themselves and they're still a top eight team in the world, arguably more than that. So that's the what I took from Invictus coming out of this. I thought Damwon I'm 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 literally not even going to go into Liquid because we could go on forever and ever and ever about this. But uh, do you guys want to chip in on Liquid because? You could chop this draft up all you want. I, th- there's people that don't like the draft that they did. I thought the draft was a great idea. I think I didn't, I didn't uh, care about their draft. I just I was a little worried that they, they gave, gave IG all their comfort picks, everything that Invictus yeah. wanted. Yeah. I didn't care about. <laughs> yeah. I didn't think their draft was bad. Yeah, I think if you're going to criticize Liquid's draft, that's what you criticize about it, not that they picked Olaf. Right? Yeah, no, I don't care about that. I only care that they gave Invictus all their like premium champions. Right. That's good because. 
Uh, I'm glad someone's talking some sense because I've had a lot of people saying, I say a lot of people, it's been a select few, that just are just attack. I think people just hate Olaf. I think people I, I think really Olaf, do just yeah. hate Olaf. Olaf was 3-0 and going into that game. And you know who played it good. twice? You know who played it twice? Invictus. Both junglers <laughs> played a game on Olaf, okay? It was 3-0 and going into this game. I think Liquid... Liquid I'll do the briefest version of this tirade I possibly can. I'll do the <laughs> briefest version I possibly can. There was absolutely nothing wrong with that draft. Aatrox is good against Vladimir. It was the best option with Jace off the table, okay? I like the idea to pick a pressure mid laner and try to roll over this game with the Olaf. They had a bot lane that should have been able to push. So hypothetically, you should have the early push in two, maybe three lanes, depending on... Mid lane's the skill matchup. Keanu LeBlanc's skill matchup, right? Theoretically... You definitely have the shove in both outer lanes. You could have priority in the outer lanes, and you could have had it in mid lane, right? Didn't pan out that way. They didn't execute. It's not because they don't understand how to use it. It's not because they don't know how to use the champions. It's not because they have a fundamental misunderstanding about it. They do. We've seen this before. Liquid has shown us that they know how to play these comps. They just didn't execute this time. I don't. You could call it nerves. You could call it a choke job. You could do, call it whatever you want to do. They just didn't execute, and that was the bottom line. Am I going to hold this against Liquid? Honestly, I'm not. I don't know if you guys do. I think this group was obscene. Invictus brought their world championship winning lineup back together. They brought the band back together. Yeah, we said this and that's before they the were tur- playing to see if they made quarters. Yeah, like. and and we were we said this before the tournament started. Like we don't know what to think of this IG team. Like if they bring Ning back, okay, they're probably. I'm sorry, Liquid, you're probably not getting out of this group. That was why I said that that Damwon was the highest confidence team to get out of this group for me. Was that Invictus had a bigger chance of just like falling on their ass yeah, than Damwon did, but. If Invictus doesn't, I think that Invictus and Damwon are pretty big favorites yeah. to get out of the group. Which is why so. I can understand why you think Invictus is the best team coming out of this group. Like, I don't yeah. know, like Chris and Calvin. Like, what do you guys think of this? Because th- this group, I think for the lot for a lot of people, was the most interesting group. Mostly because we are a Western podcast and we have a lot of fans of North America that we're rooting for Liquid. So, <laughs> yeah, I know people always can kind of like identify me with NA, which is not true. I'm a fan of League, uh, but overall, yeah, I think. Nothing else can be said. I wasn't expecting Ning to come back, so I thought the matchup was much closer between Liquid and IG. But since Ning it was, was brought back, at that point, I kind of feel like Team Liquid tops out. He, they, the only wins they can get is against AHQ, and that's how it played out. So, yeah. I, they did beat Damwon. <laughs> like, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I guess. But I just, I just didn't get the sense that they would, they would get out of groups as that, after the news was broken out. And maybe I was premature on that. Maybe I was on the wrong process, but the right result kind of deal. Um, but the the outcome is as expected. I don't think, like you, I don't think Team Liquid is, I mean, uh, IG is at their strength like they were last year. Um, but at the same time, they were damn well impressive enough to make it out of groups. That much I was certain of. Cal, what about you? Well, I had no faith in Team Liquid since I picked AHQ against them. <laughs> so I saw that. So that's all I got. Sorry, any fans. So, like, all right. I don't know. Anything else on this group? Like, this was really interesting. And we, we kind of thought this would be, like, the most interesting group. Uh, I mean, this and C were, were so stacked that there was just going to be somebody that was a disappointment no matter how you sliced it. Like, <laughs> yeah, the there fact, was no way to avoid it. Like, we we kind of had a feeling it was going to be either Liquid or RNG that weren't getting out. We didn't think it'd be... I guess we did think it could have been both, but it still kind of stings that it's both because they're... They, they, 
those two teams are world class. They are top eight material. There's just ten teams that are well, really. I'll say there's nine teams because this place. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I, I had RNG as a top eight team in the world. Yeah. Like they didn't get there because of the way the groups played out. But I, I had RNG as my eighth best team in the world, and I would stick to that from what for like of the teams that are here. So yeah, yeah it was unfortunate to see them go out, but. Somebody had to. I, I would have felt just as bad. We said it before, but I would have felt just as bad if it was Fnatic. if it was Fnatic going out or if IG Fnatic. had gotten knocked out or. or damn one. Yeah, it was tough to be happy with any of those people getting knocked out. All right. Um. So that was the group stage. We kind of traded off potentially having four absolutely bonkers quarterfinals matches in exchange for having two really really interesting groups. So I think that was maybe a fair trade-off to keep this steadily interesting over the course of the Because <laughs> usually, that's the trade-off, right? You're either going to have, like, two quarterfinals matchups that are – or one or two quarterfinals matchups that are just really lopsided and groups that are really interesting, or you're going to have groups that are really lopsided and a bunch of quarterfinals matchups that are good. So it's, a, you know, whatever. Um, Saturday, we'll go – we'll just go in order of when they're playing. That makes the most sense. So, Saturday, uh, anything else on group stage just in general before we go into this? I didn't mean to jump ahead. Nope. Did not like how the brackets turned out, honestly. That really? Means, like, one of FKT or G2 would be eliminated before the finals. Yeah, that feels bad. But... <laughs> I will, I, yeah, the, the brackets, I will say we got kind of lucky. Like, the biggest thing for me was I didn't want FPX to play against IG. Uh, because the Korean teams couldn't play against each other because they were all one seeds. Mm-hmm. So the only like horror matchup for me is if the Chinese teams played in the quarters. Uh, and that didn't happen. So I was at least happy. I'm happy that we got some exciting matchups here. And I think wasting like wasting splice on SKT is, is fine. Like I think <laughs> SKT SKT is the team that everyone would have assumed that no matter what their pairing was, they were going to get out of the quarters. So I think giving them splice and just not worrying about it is is not a big deal, and then we get three very exciting for for interesting groups and three very exciting quarters. <laughs> yeah, it's a sacrificial lamb. Thank yeah, you, reasonable. Spl- you know what, Splice? Thank you, Splice. I really hope Splice beats <laughs> you, dude. Nothing would make me happier than watching like see Splice take a game. Just like, just shit I'd be happy Faker. to see Splice take a game. Shaker, Faker, O five O on LeBlanc. Oh my just... god, <laughs> that's what I want to see. Uh, just real quick, I mean, maybe we save this for after the tournament or like off season, but like part of the this is like a I I, I just want a larger sample size, man. Like that's that's my big takeaway from groups is like it was so good. It's just like I want a larger sample size next time. <laughs> I want two groups of I want two groups of eight or nine. That's what I yeah. want. I want it that's, so bad. That's exactly what I was going to ask. Is there an argument for just bringing the the play in teams yeah. into the main event and just making them groups of eight? So, I think there really is. I think I really do think we should just do the international Dota Two's World Championships format, which is you do they do well. It used to be two groups of eight. Now it's two groups of nine. Um, so they do the same thing. They have a play in stage. I think we should have a play. I think you should have fourteen teams seated into the into the tournament. In whatever iterations, whatever three, 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 probably two for the LMS or one for the LMS, one for the VCS, something like that, or like three, 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 two, 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 and one or whatever, right? The LST, I forgot. We're gonna have the LST now, so probably two for the LST, right? Uh, 
you could do that, and then you could still have a play-in stage that's like 12 teams, double round robin, like groups of three, and then those four teams take two slots in the bottom groups, and you have two groups of nine. You play double round robin. We get to see 16, te- 16 games. One on each, you play double round robin. best, Like the same format as this, it's just bigger groups. You see 16 teams from each team. You get a bigger sample size of international competition, this region against this region, this team, this style against this style, this team against this team, right? Uh, personally, I would like it because you're not going to see as many fluke performances, but I would argue that that's part of the reason why Riot hasn't gone to this format because upsets are exciting. People, I think people would be annoyed. Like, I see a lot of people annoyed with this in a way that I would never be annoyed with it. Like, some people seem genuinely annoyed that teams that they don't think deserve to be in the play-ins are in there. Yeah. Like, I mean, I mean, on a lower level, like, they don't think these teams are good enough to be at the play-ins. Like, why are we even we inviting like, NALCS over Oceania. Like, but I'd much rather go to what you're talking about, put all the NAEU Chinese and Korean teams straight into the main event. And then in the play-ins, I want to see some real, like, underdog stories. I want to see an EU Masters team in there. I want to see a team from Korean Challenger in there. I want to see well, a team from Chinese Challenger, the NA Challenger champions. It would also just like, be more interesting to me. Like, Yeah, put those guys in there with Brazil and Latin America even, and Japan. Even if you don't have any of the Challenger League teams in, just take the major regions away from that. Yeah, it's not captivating to watch. Like you're you're basically watching it like to watch the matchups between the wild card teams and then hoping for an upset. Yeah, put. I want to see the the challenger teams in there with the smaller regions and give us some real. Like I don't care if there ends up being some team in the main event who's not very good and is going to go oh, like one and thirteen or whatever. Yeah, give give them their shot to go through the play ins and like and make an underdog. Show run. us that that Turkey is the best wild card region. Or, yeah. you know, like, whatever. Like, I just think if the format just makes so much sense to me. Like, you could make – so the the International also does double elimination. You don't – that's a separate debate. But I kind of like that too, but you don't have to. I understand why you don't like it. But, like, for the playing stage, seed all the major regions in. I think we have enough of a track record now that whether you believe they deserve it or not – We've seen enough of a track record now where they just outclass some of these minor region teams, right? Let these – plus that would make it like an actual thing for these wildcard – because the wildcard regions come in as underdogs right now, and that's stupid to me. Yeah, like, let them come in as, as – At a, an even as, keel. Yeah. yeah. Like I want to see a group that's like – I want to see three wildcard teams in a group and yeah. not have like two wildcard teams and then like you watch or damn one. Like, yeah. like no one wants to watch that, right? Like – that's yeah. not interesting to me. Like, make it, and yeah, whatever. You could have the debate that the teams be like should be in the tournament or not. But guess what? You're not going to have two weeks of a tournament that no one like cares to watch or four days. To, like, it's not that they don't care to watch. I find it interesting to watch. But like most people, it's just like okay, the favorite's going to win, and that's that, right? Like, like let's say just as an example, using my system of, of who would be in the plans. If let's say FlyQuest Academy gets out of the the plans somehow, they beat Brazil. I wouldn't go they, as far as the academy teams personally. Let's say they do. Let's say FlyQuest Academy wins their group and gets out over Brazil or whatever, and they come into the main event. I don't know why people are saying they would hate to watch like FlyQuest Academy versus SKT or whatever. Like that would be an awesome moment for those guys getting to play on that at that level of competition. And we might find stars there. Like there would be storylines that would get made. Some guy from you know Korean Challenger kills Faker. You know there'd be storylines there. 
yeah, they probably wouldn't make it out, but you never know. One in every five or ten years, one of them might make the quarterfinals, and we're going to get some stories out of it. I don't care if there's some squashes in between. There's squashes anyway. That's that's it, that's the main point. Like Invictus Gaming squashed SKT at MSI, like in like 17 minutes or whatever. Like yeah. there's going to be squashes no matter what. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I would go as far as academy teams like minor league I teams, would, 100%. but like whoever wins the league. You could, and this could also just be like a March Madness bracket, right? Like you could, you could go wild with the playing stage. You could go absolutely wild with it if you really wanted to. But I really do think, like, do I think Riot's ever going to do this? No, because they have an Eastern fan base that's just ridiculously large and it's going to stay that way. They need to appeal to the Western fan base, and the Western fan base does not want to see the best team always win because the Western teams would never. Do you, do you really think, as a side and Chris and Calvin, I like your opinions too, do you really think Latin America and those places are better than Academy teams or Challengers Korea teams or LSPL teams? I think LSPL teams, Korean Challenger teams, and NA Academy teams would be on par with any of those other small regions. Uh, it depends on the region. <clears throat> like, uh, like we've who talk, has we more talked money? About, we talked about the favorites with uh... – I think like Tur- like like uh, like Turkey, Brazil, and Eastern Europe all have a track record of doing pretty well. Turkey and Eastern Europe specifically, uh, and you could argue you could throw the VCS and the LMS in there if you will. The LMS, yeah, you could, you could throw those in there if you want to. But I think they would be like the class, like they would be most of these challenger teams. I think even the Korean challenger and LSPL t- or the the LDL teams too. Like I, I, I think, don't know, man. Like who? Has I, I don't want to say it'd be definite, but they would definitely be favorites. Who has more resources and buying power and whatever, Cloud9 Academy or Isaris Gaming? Like, Cloud9 Academy has way better facilities, see, money, buying power. See, that's, that would be interesting to me because I think Isaris was overrated going into this, personally. Well, I just mean any of those teams. Like, so even, like, like, Royal Youth. I, I don't just, know like, if look Royal at Youth play, has more money. You just, like, that. look at player base and funding and all. I don't know. I, I, the, the point being, we should go to two groups of nine or eight or, or ten. Uh, whatever. Go to two groups. Because I want to see more TLDR. I want to see more games. Like I want a yeah. larger sample size because like it's so tough to draw conclusions from six games, right? Yeah. Like it's not six games; it's more than that. But like it's so tough to draw conclusions from that many games, right? Like I want to see how Liquid measures up if they played two and a half, three times as many games. Yeah, maybe I they agree. end up sub five hundred. Maybe they end up a little more than five hundred, and they're better than we thought. When these these are all just statistical aberrations. We don't know. Like that's what I want to know. Anyway. That's like full boss nerd status, right? We just want to see more. Uh... That's a strong, like, that's a really strong thing for me, though. Like, I think if Riot is smart, 100%, they start doing that. Yeah, like, I mean, expand, and it's, I'm dying for it, dude. Yeah. I want two more weeks of Worlds games, yeah. like, real bad. I want it real bad. <laughs> I mean, make no mistake, I'm a total junkie. So, like, <laughs> yeah, I absolutely like, want to see this, but yeah, give me it, just makes, it just makes sense, right? This is your biggest thing of the year. You could market the shit out of this. It's so... How many stream viewers did they get? I know they had, they had the like the whole best of three. Like the reason they went back to the best of ones or whatever was like it was overwhelming to their fan base or whatever, and they weren't getting as much viewership over the course of like a whole weekend as they would for like one game sample sizes or whatever. Like I get it, like you can oversaturate a market, but like it's world championships. You're gonna be off for two months. Take an extra two weeks and just go to town. There's nothing else on right now. There's nothing else on right now. Like just Dude. put it on. Like that's <laughs> And Do you have this right. whole off time. I, Wait, are you telling me your Philadelphia Eagles is nothing on? Yeah, I guess they have to, <laughs> I guess they have to compete with the NFL. That's fair. But, you know. Do it right. I, I just think, like, two two groups just make so much more sense to me. 
Plus, you'd get to see more matchups. Like, we didn't get to see... I'm sure. What's the matchup we didn't get to see? We didn't get to see an NAEU matchup, did we? Uh, no, we did. No, because they were never in the Yeah, team. we didn't get wait, to see wait, an wait, NAEU. Wait, wait, oh, Clutch, Clutch and Fnatic, Fnatic, I guess. Fnatic, but, yeah. Like, I recognize that this is slightly more expensive for Riot if they want to put on. Oh, like that's that is true. Games, it's more expensive, but we also there's other benefits too. Getting to see more casters, more ad revenue, talent talent like that like there's a lot of casters that didn't get a chance to come to this an extra week you know we could have had some other talent there you know there's yeah there's a lot of things yeah this is a whole (laughs) we went on a bit of a side tangent here but i think it was a good one because that that's i love i love the world championships i just want more that's like my whole thing with it is i just want more because i want to i want to see these things so i don't know uh you guys want to get into the quarterfinals anything else I'm ready to get into the quarterfinals. Right, let's, let's let's dive into it because we're we're fifty something minutes in. Let's let's dive into this shit. Might as well get to the actual games. <laughs> All right, Saturday, Griffin against Invictus Gaming. Griffin is minus one fifty five favorites. The minus one point five is at plus one fifteen. The Invict uh, Invictus is plus one thirty five. Plus one point five is at minus one forty five. Implying a five game series. Yeah, they, they uh, definitely think a five it's game Griffin, Implying a five-game Griffin victory is uh, what these numbers tell us. So, thoughts? Opening thoughts? Gut? Initial takes? I don't think it's going to be five games. I said it in my, in my write-up on Oracle's Elixir. I don't have a huge level of confidence in who's going to win, but I said that I think it's likely that these teams are going to bring similar strategies and just smash into each other over and over again. And it's likely that whoever's strategy works better will win aggressively, in my opinion, three or four games. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll jump in next because give Cal and Chris some time to think on this one. But I'm kind of going to have, and I talked about this a little bit with you guys before the cast, but I'm kind of going to have the same approach on this, which is, I guess, a little bit disappointing. But it's also a good thing. I think so many of these matches are like very, very close to 50-50, and I don't particularly have a strong lean either way, that I'm just going to be probably betting the dogs, even if I don't necessarily think that's the most likely outcome. I just think the odds don't speak to the closeness of these matches to me. So, like, I think I personally think Griffin are going to win. I don't know how it's going to happen. I think Griffin are going to win. I don't think they're minus 155 favorites to win. I think this is close to, like, for me personally, this is like minus 120 plus 100. Maybe for John, it's Invictus that's minus 120 plus 100. I don't know. But, but like, I know for Calvin, it's probably Invictus minus 4,000, right? <laughs> <laughs> no comment. So, uh, yeah. Um, well, I picked Invictus as my pick of the week. Okay. Yeah. Go, I mean, go for, uh, go for it. Dive in. It is, it is really more so uh, which Invictus shows up. I think the last version of Griffin looks stronger than the last version of Invictus. But at the same time, it's, it's, it's experience. I think I'm leaning on that stage experience at Worlds. And, of course, um, I don't know. I sort of wanted to lean that this might go five game, but as John was talking about it, it makes me think that it probably ends in a 3-1 uh, likely. So, uh, yeah, I, th- I do think IG is going to advance uh, to the next round, and I'm really 
hopeful to see this one will be one of the more exciting games, especially for DFS purposes. I think I'll be leaning heavily on this game more so than the other one. Yeah, I, I think I think this game is is for me personally mostly because I just really like the way Griffin plays, so I'm a little bit biased in that way. But I think this is going to be really interesting. I think three of these matches are all tremendously interesting for very different reasons to me, and. I think that's kind of the, the the setup we had, right? Like these three of these quarterfinals are wildly interesting. Yeah, like you could break them apart any different way. You could have. I'm I'm willing to be swayed one way or the other because I don't feel particularly strongly one way or the other on a lot of these, which is a testament to just the overall like parity in this tournament. Yep, and the overall quality of the tournament because like Griffin and Invictus. I don't know. Like this is. <laughs> This is nuts. I I think 155 is too rich to pay for Griffin, but I do think Griffin win this series. Uh, maybe the way to go is I kind of think I kind of think under in game time is the way to go in this. I know the games are running longer the second week, but in a best of five, teams tend to be a little more loosey goosey and willing to try stuff. Uh, that might be my selection, but I don't. I don't know if Cal's there. Cal did say he was going to have to dip out for a second. I don't know if he's there. Cal, are you there? Not, so, not, not even there to defend his homeboy. I know. We'll, we'll come back to it because I know he was on Invictus. <laughs> he liked IG. But this it's really interesting. I think, like, I don't know. I think this is interesting because it's the unstoppable force against the immovable wall. Griffin are, for my money, like, one of the best defensive teams and best, like, you know, strategically, technique, perfect League of Legends teams I've ever... I think they're probably the best team ever, like, in that specific vein. And that's saying something, because we've seen eight years of SK's Holocom dominating with that style, right? Not that that's the only thing they can do, I just think they're the best to ever do that, right? And Invictus are arguably the best at the opposite. Now, they haven't shown that recently, which is... Part of why I'm breaking ties in favor of Griffin here, but I could totally see the stage experience argument. I could totally see the Griffin having showed up in big stage argument. Like, you could just look at the individual players. I could totally see wanting liking Invictus more. Like the shy sword matchup, I could totally see that. Um, yeah, that's that's my thing. Is I think the bot lanes are very similar. Like some games they step up big, some games they both look kind of boneheaded, and then other games they're just fine. So I think there's like no one really gaining an advantage in the bottom lane. Um, the mid lane, if anybody wins that matchup hard somehow, it could really swing things because these are probably both two of the top three performers in the tournament for me so far, I'd, Rookie I'd and Kobe. So that. if anybody wins that matchup hard, it could really swing things. But assuming that it's like essentially neutralized because they're both so good, then it comes down to Griffin having a jungle advantage depending on how Ning plays and IG having a top lane advantage. But I think IG's top lane advantage is significant. I know we don't necessarily agree on this, but I think the Shy no, is... I, no, I, I agree with you. It's going to just the, the stop on whoever, whoever Griffin puts out there. Um, so Tarzan's going to have to make up for that in my mind. I think where we differ is, is that I think the Griffin bottom lane is a lot more consistent than the IG bottom lane is. I think they both have spike performances. They're both capable of that. And it wouldn't surprise me one way or the other if one of these if, – if if Jackie and Batlang come out and just spike and dominate, like, I would not be surprised at all. I do think Viper and Lehens are a lot more consistent, like, game to game over the course of the I year. I don't think Lehens has been very good in this tournament. Really? Ooh, interesting. Go on. I think Balan hasn't been that good in this. I definitely agree on um, – I agree on IG's bottom and line. like, one of – 
Go, go, go uh, One of the thing is that the, the Shy probably will stomp Sword, but we see that even when he does stomp this top lane, it, that doesn't guarantee an IG win. So I would um, I would see why um, Gelati is really high on Griffin. But all in all, uh, that would be the the decide that they need to play then to win. Yeah, and I, I just to clarify, like I'm not really high on Griffin. I'm high on Griffin in general in this matchup. Again, it wouldn't surprise me either way. I'm leaning Griffin. I just think 155 is too much. I would probably bet Griffin if it was minus 130, even though that's losing some value because I think this is pretty close to even money. But to me, it's just I think the jungle plus bot lane consistency thing and just the fact that we, we saw Invictus lose to Damwon, who I think is worse than Griffin. Now, it's one game. I don't want to, like, draw all the conclusions from that, but, like, I don't know. I, I, would, I would just lean Griffin. I'm probably not betting Griffin. I'm just leaning Griffin. I'm leading IG. Sorry, I just yeah. got back. Yeah, we yeah we we were gonna, we we're gonna ask. So I was kind of like riffing for you to get back, Cal. Like, are you leading IG not... or are you betting IG? I'm doing both. Uh, honestly, I think lane for lane. Uh, okay, well, so if you go from lane to lane, IG should stomp Sword or Doran, no matter who's playing. In my opinion, that I agree with. Tarzan. Okay, you know what? Tarzan's been playing well. Chobi's been playing well, but I'll give the edge to the jungle. As much as I wish Ning, you know, I want to wish Ning, like, you know, luck into whatever. Rookie and Chovy actually is a pretty insane matchup. I think Rookie Chovy is the best matchup in the whole tournament. Yeah, but I feel, like, I feel like Rookie does a little bit more, has a lot more proactivity than Chovy, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, roaming around top and bot, able to help out. I'm not saying Chovy doesn't, but I feel yeah. like Rookie understands it a lot, a lot better. And then the bottom lane. I want okay. You know, I, I want to lean a little bit more IG side because I think Lahans hasn't been playing as well this John, tournament. John said the same thing. Oh, do you really? Yeah, no. So I, not saying I, mean, I don't know. It's pretty hard in general, but I think if IG can draft well, um, and be able to punish the bot lane a little bit more, like they have been actually, like you know, they they can like in playoffs and like last year at Worlds where Jackaloff just went off. I think that's the key for IG to be Griffin. And I think in a best of five, we've seen IG kind of just do well in those best of whatever series. And not saying Griffin doesn't have, like, the experience and stuff, but... I would I point IG... to Snake, but you could point to upsets for both. Yeah, but teams, <clears throat> I so. like... Yes, but I like IG's in general is a little more experience. They have more of a track record. Category. And honestly, playing those best of threes... And people can say that IG, oh, they don't 2-0 teams, 2-0 teams. There was an interview, actually, that I saw. Not saying that I believe it or not, but I guess it came from, like, one of those, like, the players. But the reason why they, like, I want to say 2-0, 2-1 teams, but, like, they punt games. But they also punt games, but they also play that extra game. You know what I mean? The extra game to basically blah 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 whatever, but I don't, I don't know, know if I believe if in that or not. This. But just in general, I mean, you could. I mean, there's a. I could understand there's, it. There's a team that really, like I said, they have the stamina to play those best of threes, best of fives, I'll and able to just you know. Yeah, that's what I said. You I brought know. up. You brought up the biggest point for me. 
Like I said, if Griffin wins this series, I think a, a decent percent of the time it's because IG's drafts are not good. I don't trust IG's drafting very much. Um, if they, if you just give me the comp they got against Team Liquid five games, you say they're always going to get that comp. I think IG wins like three zero. Yeah, I just don't think Griffin. But I, I, I don't that. think. Yeah, I don't think they're getting that comp, and I don't think they fall into this trap a lot because of how good they are of drafting these compositions that don't make a lot of sense or yeah, they just they have they, a they very, their players or that have a very singular focus that's counterable. Just like like you said, like I don't like these drafts. You said you're all right with them sometimes, but I don't like drafts where it's like if we're not way ahead of 15 minutes, we lose. And IG is the kind of team that drafts those kinds of drafts. <clears throat> and I think when you're playing a team that's as good as Griffin is, you can't give them a clear win condition of just like, if we just hold out till 15 minutes, we got it guys. Cause like, I think they're very capable of doing any singular win condition. So if IG drafts, well, I definitely edge IG. It just matters whether or not they, they draft correctly or not. I think Griffin, and I've said this before, like I said this in the LCK all year. I said this at MSI this year. I said this going into this tournament, you have to take Griffin off their game. Like, this is why I found the G2 Griffin matchup so intriguing was because G2 is better at that than pretty much anybody maybe ever, right? Like, they're so good at just being outside the box, right? And that's why I found that matchup so interesting because if you if you just play straight-up League of Legends against Griffin, they're going to beat pretty much any team ever. Maybe SKT is the only one that beats them, right? Like, you, you can't play straight-up against this team. I think Invictus have the players to actually do that. So I yeah, have a lot could. of respect for for Invictus as players. I think their macro is not quite as good, but at this level, like everyone's is so good that it almost doesn't matter. And I I could see either way on this this series. It's it's, it's really interesting. Uh, it's weird. I, I think if I had to pick a winner, I'd say Griffin. I'm probably going to be betting Invictus for a little bit because I think the value is just in Invictus. Like if you think a series is fifty fifty and you're getting plus 135 on one of the teams, you just take the plus 135. Even if I think Griffin are probably going to win this series, I just think the value is there. I don't know if you guys feel the same way. I, I'm going to be looking into the props for all this stuff too because there's, there's I think that's the, when you have close series like this, that's probably the way to attack it unless you feel – if you feel strongly one way or the other and you want to tell yourself a story or, or you have a line that you like or a narrative that you like or something that uh, – if you think – I mean, if you think the stage experience matters and Invictus are just going to clutch this out, I totally understand that, right? Um, yeah, I think pretty much all these series, <clears throat> if you have a story to tell yourself one way or another, you go for yourself. it. Yeah. I don't think like almost any of these series are like you'd be making a mistake betting either side yeah. as long as you have your reasons for what you're doing. Which is why this tournament is awesome. That's why it's great, yep. Anything else on this one? Uh, so let's just go down. Let's go down the list here. Um any any picks from this? We'll do. I mean, we're gonna do pick of the week later, but uh, we'll just go. John, what's your pick on this one? Um, I'm gonna bet IG, IG uh, money line. Yep, IG money line. Um, I think if I think also that IG minus one point five is a really good bet. Yeah. At plus two fifty, if you're gonna bet IG, I'd almost rather bet that because I don't think the series goes five games. But <clears throat> those would be my bets. You do like a two thirds, one third split on that too, which is reasonable because mm-hmm. you're gonna make money if you think IG win. Uh, Chris, what do you think on this one? Uh, I'm taking IG money line. Okay. All right. Makes sense. Calvin, I know, is on the IG money line, at least. Uh, wow, I was looking at the wrong thing. My bad. Um, yeah. Take the 3-0. Take the 3-0. 
<laughs> IG three zero pays out of plus six twenty. Just saying, plus six twenty is. It might be good enough to just to throw something on there, especially since the series that Griffin have lost have been three O's. Yeah. Like when they, when they do, you could say, so I don't have any problem with putting a piece of a unit. I wouldn't put a whole unit on it, but I don't have any problem with putting a small piece of a unit on either one going three zero in this matchup. What's it going to be, Cal? Uh, the minus one half. IG minus one point five. And then, yeah, then the money line as well. All right. I'm just going to do, I'm going to do like mini picks here. I'll go back and get it in a second. Um, I'm going to do. I mean, I got to. I'm probably going to be doing light bets on on the IG money line, but I'm going to say Griffin on the cast just for the sake of it being different. Um, if you can find Griffin at minus 130 or better, I like Griffin. But I don't think you're going to be able to find that anywhere. I saw minus 150 was the lowest I saw. So And, and don't think that us. Like being generally on IG means we don't think Griffin can win this oh, series yeah, either. Yeah. All of us are very open to the idea of Griffin winning. <laughs> this I tournament think tournament is awesome. <laughs> it's awesome. So, um, also this matchup in particular is just like the, I, I've been preaching like the fire and ice like narrative and everything. Oh, it's yeah. just so good. It's so this good. one and the next one for opposite reasons. All right. So next up we have a uh, fun plus Phoenix minus one fifty, uh, Fnatic plus one thirty on the money line, and Fnatic's plus one point five is at minus one fifty. Uh, Fun plus Phoenix minus 1.5 is at plus 120. So, implying again another five game series that Fun plus wins three to two. That's the the implied odds, so to speak. So, man, this is another really interesting. These two teams, I don't want to say are volatile, but I think of the teams in this. No, I think Damon and G two might be more volatile, but dude, the <laughs> I think if Fnatic play at their ceiling. And you guys can go into this, but like if Fnatic play at their ceiling, I think they can be fun plus. I think they're more versatile in this fun plus. I think they do more different strategies. I just look at this mid lane matchup and I can't not take fun plus, man. I just can't do it. Like I don't know if you guys feel the same way, man. It's just so hard for me to get my head around that. Yeah, plus is able to capitalize on just Whipple's aggressiveness. In my opinion, when he gets caught out, I feel like Fun Plus is the type of team to punish you harder than a lot of LEC teams that we've seen so far. <clears throat> I just think, like, man, Nemesis has been good this tournament. I'll give him that, but man, to put... did you see his little video of how they were going to beat RNG from his solo queue stream? No, what was it? it was, it's pretty good. You should go look it up. It's just like thirty seconds long, but somebody yeah. asked them, like, hey. Uh, are you guys gonna be able to beat RNG at Worlds like Reckless? Can he can he ever beat Uzi? And Nemesis like, of course he's gonna beat Uzi. Like he's got me now. They're gonna go bot lane. I'm gonna tell <laughs> we're gonna kill them. And then we're like, they're gonna go down there. We know they're gonna go down there. It's obvious. I'm gonna join. We're gonna kill them. That's exactly what happened when they played yep. them. Like that was a quote from before Worlds of how they were gonna beat RNG. Yeah. But um, no, it's so, match, I mean. Chop this up. Like, go into it. Yeah, I, 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 I want made, Fun Plus. I made this point in my write-up, and I said it to you guys before we started the cast, but for the viewers, the cool thing for me is the damn or the IG matchup, I really think it's it's IG and Griffin doing the same thing and smashing into each other and seeing who's better. And Fun Plus and Fnatic is the opposite. I think you're going to see, like, two transforming men in this matchup of just, like, 
throwing out pocket picks and weird lane swaps and weird combos we don't normally see. And, game one of this series is going to be nuts. I can, I'm calling it right now. And, <laughs> and game one is going to be nothing like game four or five is my like prediction. Is the other matchup, I think you're going to see mostly the same stuff happening every game, and it's just going to be who's better at it. Where this matchup, I think game three is not going to look anything like game one. And it's going to be a really wild series. This is, for me, by far the hardest one for me to like lean on. Uh, I want to lean three, fun plus. Right? <laughs> yeah, I lean fun plus as as the team that's going to win. But I think I'm kind of similar to Gelati, and then I'll probably end up betting some Fnatic only because I think it's a little closer than the odds. But I think fun plus should be the rightful favorite to win. Yeah, I just think again. The, see, so I think Griffin IG is like minus one twenty plus one hundred, minus one fifteen, minus one hundred five. Fun plus, I think, is a little more like minus one thirty plus one ten kind of situation. Yeah. So like slightly bigger. Fa- I just think like Fnatic are the more versatile team, and Fnatic. I'll, I'll give Fnatic credit because they showed up in week two. But like, you look at like that clutch game, and you look at their week one, and like yeah, Fnatic had their botch, the one botch team fight they did, and I just like. I, I look at Fnatic in this tournament, and they haven't been playing at their ceiling. And I know that sounds weird to say, because they beat SKT. Like that's how could they not be at their ceiling? But it's one game, right? Like, yeah, I, 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 people disagree with me on that one too. But I think SKT more lost that game than Fnatic won it. Personally, Fnatic did everything they were supposed to do, which demands respect and credit, and they do get credit for that, and they won. But I think. So you could look at this, to me, you could look at this one of two ways. You could look at this as Fnatic have room to improve. Like, they haven't even been playing remotely close to their ceiling, if you ask me. I don't, do you guys agree with that? I do. I think they're, they're at their best, extremely good. In the G2 yeah. series, I think they played games that were better than oh, any yeah. team. Uh, Chris, Cal, you guys agree with that? Like, you think they haven't been playing at their ceiling, right? Like, close? I, close? Yeah, I am absolutely on that train. I don't think they anything close to the Fnatic we saw at the Summer Finals. So, like, Cal, do you, do you agree? Or are you there? I don't know. No, I'm here. I was just thinking. I was, yeah, I, I agree to, to an extent. So, I think that we're seeing close, no, I won't say close, I mean, kind of close to it, the last three games they played. I, I don't count the CG game, but the SKT, RNG, RNG game, that they're pretty close to the ceiling, in my opinion. So, like, I think the series comes down to... I, I think the side you take in this series comes down to whether or not you think Fnatic are what they were, worse, or better. Because I think Fun Plus Phoenix more or less were exactly who I thought they were going to be. Um, Yeah, I know they dropped that one game. I honestly wasn't... I was a little surprised, but not too surprised. It was just kind of a fluky, weird team fight. But, like, Fun Plus Phoenix were, by and large, exactly who I thought they'd be. They're kind of clumsy, but they're just bigger and stronger than you. Like, that's what Fun Plus does, right? Um, I just think over a five-game series, like, you got to play, like, a slugfest match like this. I usually favor the team that's more versatile, which in this case I think is definitely Fnatic. But, I don't know. I guess I'm betting on them staying, like, maybe slightly better than what they've been and not, like, the ceiling. And I think a lot of people are betting at their ceiling, that said, again, I think these odds are a little out of whack, so I'll probably be a little bit on Fnatic just because I think the odds are wrong, but I would lean Fun Plus to win the series. I'd say the onus of this series is on 
two Fnatic players in particular. Like, I think Reckless and, and Hillisang can easily win the bot lane. They could lose it yeah. too, but they, they're very capable of winning the bot lane. And I don't think they'll get absolutely dumpstered. Okay. Um, I think Broxa has been playing better than Tian, so I think Broxa can, can do things. It comes down for me, it's Nemesis and Whippo. If those guys have shitty series where they get stomped, then FunPlus is going to run over them. Those guys have to hold up. Um, I've talked about it before. Whippo's an up-and-down type of player. He has those games where he goes 0-5, and, and he has other games where he just goes off on Gangplank and like completely controls the game. Those are the guys that you got to watch for. If if they just get completely outclassed, then Fnatic's not going to win. If they hold their own or go above that, then like you said, their versatility, I think, is better. Their ability to play through a couple different lanes, their drafting styles. So I think they have a lot of advantages, but a lot of that comes down to can Nemesis and Whippo hold up on the world stage against Doinby and Gimgoon? I will say this, too, that, like, Gimgoon... I mean, Gimgoon has definitely developed. He's been... Yeah, I mean, he's improved leaps and bounds since last year, right? Like, he's yeah. definitely developed as a player. Even since spring, he's gotten way better. And But he's still not exactly the kind of player that's just going to absolutely dumpster a lane, you know? Yeah, you rarely see him just roll people over so, like a like, shot. I mean, the Renekton is good, but Renekton, every, all these top-tier players are going to stomp everybody on Renekton, so that's not really a good measure. But interestingly, Gangplank going to be a very contested pick in this series, I think. And important, because yeah. Whippo's played some of his best games on the game. And it's, and it's Game Goon's best champion by far, I yeah. think. So, uh, going to be really... This is... I, I Normally, I guess I'm just a little bit skeptical on Fnatic. I'm not... I'm willing to give them some level of improvement, because I do think that they're better than what they've shown. But I also think that, like, they are going to need to play closer to their series, their ce- like, their ceiling to win this in a best of five, just because I think... I don't. This is a really close series. I, I'm leaning Fun Plus. Probably going to bet Fnatic because the odds are off. But I would, le- if I had to pick a winner, it's Fun Plus. In I, I think this one goes the distance. I mean, yes, and that's another thing I said is the other series I said I liked betting the under in games because it was going to be we're going to figure out who has the better strategy pretty quick. This one's the opposite. I think it's very possible that Fun Plus comes out and stomps game one, and then Fnatic stomps game two, and then Fun Plus stomps game three. Like that's very possible. So I like the over on games as well. Yeah, I think. Uh... This one's just really interesting. This one's really interesting because I, Fun Plus, Fun Plus are weird because they have a lot of different picks, but they don't have a lot of different strategies. Like they have a lot of different picks that enable the same kind of strategy. Whereas Fnatic do. I thought Fnatic going into the tournament, outside of SK Telecom, who were just absurd, are probably. I, I think this is going to be a little bit controversial, I guess. But I think like G two Fnatic and S, S, G two Fnatic SKT and Liquid. I think we're the most well-rounded teams in the top, like, nine. Like, they showed the most versatility, the ability to play the most different things, willingness to adapt, willingness to try to attack from a different angle. G2 especially, right? But Fnatic were, like, right there with them. Like, Fnatic are very versatile, and they're one of the better up-tempo teams in the world, and you can run over this one plus Phoenix. I don't know. Fun plus is weird, man, because you can, like, run over them, and they just lose a will on the game, and it's, like, really weird. But So... I do agree with you. So are you leaning? You're also are you seeing with me leaning fun plus probably better pretty much fanatic. exactly pretty much exactly the same as you leaning fun plus, uh, but we'll probably end up betting fanatic. Calvin, what I don't do you think I'm betting fanatic. I'm pretty high on fun plus to make it out. <clears throat> I probably I Would think they three won this. Yes. Okay. All right. So so Calvin's higher on fun plus. I I just. I, I'm with you on the aspect of like I, I 
everything else aside, I just look at that Dwayne B. Nemesis match and I'm just like, how? How? Maybe one game, sure. Five games? Hmm. Uh, no. <laughs> I don't yeah, want to bet on that. Uh, there is the whole, like, Fanatic or Clutch and Fun Plus are historically chokers narrative. I Fun think... Plus, the, I think Doinby's champion pool is the only thing that bothers me is, like, he has a huge champion pool, obviously, but the ones that he seems to want to go towards recently right. are tanks. Are, are, like, tanks, too. He's been trying to play, like, Scion and stuff. I don't want him playing... Galio. If they want to abuse... Yeah, if they want to abuse Nemesis, they can't be playing Scion mid. Like, that's I'd not how I'd almost rather you... see him on Orianna, to be, to be honest with you. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think he's getting Rise in this series. I don't think they're going to... I think it'd be really dumb of Fnatic to give him... The thing is, though, like, Fun Plus put you in this bind where you can't give Tian any of his stuff... You don't want to give Gimgoon Gangplank if you can help it, unless you have a specific strategy. But if you give him Gangplank, then Fun Plus is going to know that you have a strategy plan, so they don't have to go there necessarily. It's it's really the drafts are going to be super interesting in this. And then, like you, you in my opinion, you have to take Doimbi's Rise away. I think it's far and away his best champion. And yeah, and it's not really heavily played by Fnatic either. You don't yeah. see a ton of Nemesis on it, and, and Whippo doesn't really play it that we've seen. So at least not a ton. Yeah. So I don't know. I just. <sighs> I look at that matchup and it's like Doinby's just going to get two of these games and run them over. I just can't help it. But Fun Plus are also really linear, so we'll see. I, Chris, what do you think on this one? So, excuse the background noise. Uh, anyways, I am, think I'm the only one that leans fanatic here. Uh, like you said, I like the versatility. I think that is the key to this year's uh, world. And honestly, wow, Fun Plus... Fun Plus does their thing, right? And they do it very, very well. And to overcome that, this fun, uh, Fnatic needs to be the one that's going to solve problems in the game. And I think if they can reach their upside, like they showed what they did against G2, I think that would be key for me. And, yeah, this uh, I'm, I'm going to be extremely nervous if Fnatic wins game one, surprisingly. Or that's uh, weird to think about. But I just don't want to have them facing an angry doing B, you know. <laughs> That's fair enough. I mean, again, this is another one where, like, I'm, like, kind of going against my gut on this one. Like, I, typically I favor teams that are versatile in best of fives and willing to adapt, but I just think Fun Plus are such an overpowering presence. Like, Fun Plus are one of the more linear teams that I've ever put in, like, my Elite World tier. Like, they're just so brute. Like, they're just bigger and stronger than you as a team. I, I don't get it. It's hard to explain. They have this intangible... And they kind of like they're like model busters to a certain point, right? Like, well, my psychological, like my philosophical model, right? But, and then Cal, you said your own fun plus, right? Yes, I am. All right, cool. Okay. Um, Twenty-seven next and a half is the kill total, by the way. Interesting. Next that. I, would, I would almost definitely go over that. <laughs> All right. Anything else Sunday? Let's go to Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. This is going to be perfect because it's going to be like you're going to have Damlon G2 before football starts on Sunday and then I'm just going to be able to have SKT splice on the side monitor. Um, Damlon plus 110 against G2 minus 130. This is more in line with what I thought the other lines would be. Um, Damlon plus 1.5 is at minus 165. G2 minus 1.5 is at plus 135. So again, implying another five game series. Slight favorite to G2 this time. Um, I'll start it off. I don't think this series is as close as I think you do. I like G2 quite a bit. 
to be damn I was going to say minus two and a half for G2, in my opinion. I was looking at the – well, betting-wise, I like it, but I honestly think G2 can punish IG – or not IG, fuck. Damn one yeah. really hard and 3 0 them, in my opinion. I'm – I don't know if I like. I, I don't. I rarely like G two to beat anybody three zero, except for like Shulk, Shulka, because they're so like easy to game plan for. But I do think they beat Damwon. Um, I think Damwon's relying on their solo laners similarly to how like IG relies on their solo laners. Except I'm not sure their solo laners even really have an advantage in this matchup. Like honestly, Showmaker might be better than Caps, at least from the performances we've seen this tournament, which is tough because Caps one of the top mid laners in the world, you know. But I think quietly Wonder has been like absurd, and I don't think Nuguri and I don't think Nuguri has had that good of a tournament. So I don't even think they have an advantage in the top lane. I think the bot lane goes to G two, the jungle. It's pretty close. I'd still give it to G two. So like the only advantage I'm giving Damwon is the mid lane, and it's so slight when you're playing against someone like Caps, and they're more versatile. Their drafting is is more more versatile. I don't know. I have a hard time seeing Damwon beating G two. Piggybacking off that solo lanes, I mean, yeah, they, they play hardcore solo lanes, and I think this is the reason why I think G2 three zeros is because their decisiveness. I said this earlier. I, I'm betting the three minus two and a half, and uh, their decisiveness and the synergy in the team is so crisp and clear. Like I feel like just pinpointing exactly minute per minute, second per second, that they're always there in the right spot every single time. And as much as they funnel resources to Nuggery or you can have that one nuclear pop-off game, I think just G2 in general as a team moves so well around the map that it's. I think for Damwon it's going to be very difficult to keep up with. Yeah, this, one, this one's interesting to me because I think it's – I agree that Nuggery's underperformed for me. He's kind of just gotten bodied a bunch, which isn't totally foreign. He got bodied a lot in the LCK, and it didn't matter a lot of games. And Showmaker we did say and Caps, yeah, he's the only guy that's had the shy in his group, too. So. Yeah. So um, I think Wonder's really, really good, though. And I think Showmaker and Caps is a wash. I think they're both exceptional. Either one of them could stomp one or the other. Either one of them could go even. It's I don't, I don't expect one way or the other, personally. I do think the Damwon bottom lane, I don't want to say it was just the one game pop off was kind of nuts, but it's kind of scary to think about this team, how they were all year without nuclear being that role on this team. Like he's yeah. kind of like the weak side, like just damage control type, uh, like cleanup. And I do think this bot lane is overperformed even outside of that game personally. So, I don't think it's automatically G2 bot lane. Like, I, in other words, I don't think the G2 bot lane advantage is as heavy as I would have had it before. So It worries me if they try to go to the bot lane, though, because Perks and Mickey are yeah. like maybe the most aggressive bot lane in the entire world. Like those guys fight every single lane 2v2. Yeah. Like they go for 2v2. Uzi, Uzi and Ming fight a lot too, but yeah. That's true, yeah. They're like among the most aggressive bottom lanes in the world, so they're going to have to play well down there or they're going to have to get a lot of jungle attention because G2 gets a ton of jungle attention in the bottom lane as well. Yeah, and he, So here's the other thing, and this is, to me, the key matchup in this more than the bottom lane, is I think Canyon has been out of his mind in this tournament. I think Canyon was out of his mind for the majority of Summer Split. He was one of the best junglers in the world. I don't think he's... The thing is, he's playing at a level right now that I think rivals Tarzan and Yankos and Karsa, right? 
he's he's playing he's just he has the eye of the tiger right now he's just seeing the map in a way that they have the right game plans in place i just again this is like a sample size thing right i do think i think g2 win this series and you guys know me i'm like a big damn one guy i have a ton of i stand the game the most from damn one winning this tournament that said i think g2 win this and i think this line is probably accurate and for a five game series um, my only concern with G2 is that we saw Griffin kind of just body them, but at the same time, like Griffin and Damwon are very different teams. Like Griffin and Damwon stylistically, stylistically play very, very different. Damwon is going to mix it up with you. They're not going to play like Griffin. Like, and I think Griffin's style is actually like one of the foil. It's weird. G2 is the foil to Griffin, but Griffin is also the foil to, to G2. <laughs> it's weird because the two styles, it's like, it's rock, paper, scissors. Like, there's there's the whole lot. There's not a whole lot of uh, back and forth with it. It's just interesting to see that initial, like, first 10 minute chess match, right? I think Damwon is going to take fights. I think I, I like G2 in this series, and I think this number is pretty close to right. Uh, I'm probably going to be on G2 for a little bit. G2 money. Yeah, I think I would move G2 a little further if I was making the lines. I think maybe minus 150, minus 160 is where G2 feels to me. See, now. I know you're you're siding stronger with G two. If you if you put G two if so if you put G two minus one fifty and up this to like damn one plus one twenty, I'm on damn one now. Yeah, see I'm not I'm not taking damn one a plus one twenty. Yeah, I th- I think I'm still in that vein of thinking where I, I think the dogs are the like the value play is the way to go in this. I just think this is the closest of the lines. Like to accurate. Like I think G two should be favored minus one thirty. Is all I'm saying. So I think those other matches should be this line. That's the way I look at it. So, uh, I like G2 here. Yeah. Yep. Yep, that's me as well. Uh, G2, I, I don't think I have too much to add. I really think that this team has not shown us their full, full strength yet. And honestly, G2 was pretty bad. G2 was, for their standards, kind of bad in the group stages. Not even just in their losses to Griffin. They just, like, overall weren't that good. Yankos had some real stinkers in the in the group stage. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, I, I said it a bunch of times, but I think especially the second IG versus Damwon game, I, I really thought IG lost in draft, so I didn't really take anything away from that as far as like the strength of either team. I definitely hope yeah. I wasn't muted this whole time. I definitely <laughs> nah, you, you weren't. <laughs> well, no, I'm not muted for you guys. Oh, I'm muted for recording, but like I might have missed like the last point because I've been toggling on and off to avoid the static. But gotcha. uh, basically, what I was saying was if you like, if you want to do transitive property stuff, like if you like. If you like Damwon beating Invictus and you think Invictus is one of the stronger teams, then maybe you got to give more credit to Damwon than this. But I, I don't give too much credence to that. I don't think any of us do. I think we're more uh, logical and more grounded than that. Um, Sometimes. I, I don't know. I. This is another one where it's like, I think G2 win, but would it honestly surprise you if Damwon won? 
no, no, uh, no. I'd be surprised. I would, I would, I would be mildly. Be I'd be mildly. Yeah. More so than I would be with any result in those first two matchups. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. I would agree. All right. Um, and Chris, you said you're on G2? Correct. Yeah. All right. Um, Let's move on to the real barn burner. We got the real barn burner. We got SK Telecom minus 5,000. <laughs> in the quarterfinals of Worlds. <laughs> against Splice plus 2,000. That line, by the way, is way bigger than Bovada. I, I took my lines off yeah. of Bovada when I did my article. I might bet Splice at plus 2,000. Yeah, I, I'm just – let me take a look. Because uh, I, I think the, the, the point the point being a lot to a little is is the point. <laughs> let me see what it is on, on bet on. It's 5,000 on bet online too. So this was 360. On this Bovada, was... SK Telecom was minus 10,000, but Splice was only plus <laughs> 9. What? Jeez, they were like really nitrogen. Nitrogen, it was like ten thousand too. I remember looking at it. Let me see. At what plus it's... two thousand, I think I actually like betting splice. Let me see what uh... twenty times they can't win a series. One out of twenty times, like Faker just doesn't sleep oh, right. Like right. wakes up and like takes too many energy drinks and just ints. Like it's 15, It's minus like fifteen thousand on bet three sixty five. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I mean, this is like. Do you like Splice to take a game? Because that's the only thing you can bet here. I got. I mean, minus two fifty on the sweep is not unreasonable, dude. What do you mean that's the only thing you can bet here? I just said I'm bet. I'll, I'm putting a unit on Splice. Yeah, at plus no. two thousand. I don't even have money over there, and I'm gonna go put some money on there. Yeah, just to bet like one I mean, unit on Splice. Two thousand's a lot. I'll like take anybody at plus two thousand in the world's quarterfinals. Like if you made it to the world's quarterfinals, you have a better than twenty to one to like, get a chance game. of winning your to winning your match. Yeah, this is uh. Plus one point five is it plus nine hundred? Yeah, I don't know. Man. <laughs> That's I'm insane. To get, I'm starting to get interested in splice here. <laughs> oh boy! This is, by the way, this is very similar to the Columbus Blue Jackets and Tampa Bay Lightning. I'll just, yeah, I might, I'll just put that out there. I'll just put that. I out might there. end up with some like oh, too much God. splice exposure. Did you just pull the Tampa Bay Lightning? Yes, I did. <laughs> put a beer on splice. As other, as certain other degenerate podcasts would say, sprinkle a little on the money line. That's what <laughs> you... <laughs> um, dude. The kill spreads nine and a half. Nine and a half and ten are usually like where it caps out for kill spreads. That's like actually looking okay to me. I'll be honest with you. Like SKT covered a couple of those in the group stage. 32 minutes the total time. Like, what the? what is the angle here? Under three and a half. Ma- my, you have to pay minus 250 for a sweep one way or the other. I say one way or the other. <laughs> yeah. Minus 250. Minus 250 for the, the under three and a half. Three, yeah. was there, um, I, mean, I don't know, man. Was there anybody in the world that thought that G2 was going to beat RNG last year? Like, nobody. Not a single person. I'm going to briefly look up. I'm gonna find the most juice line that I found. That's true. You know what, dude? That game. Yeah. <laughs> that was insane. No, I think I bet you two in that game. game. I think I bet I you honest, two in that game. I honest to god, I'm probably putting a unit on splice and a half a unit on the plus one point five and a half unit Just on the plus because it's 2. basically 5. like college yeah. tuition for a semester if you hit right. It's like, <laughs> let me see. I don't know, man. Anybody can wake up on the wrong side of the bed, I and we could be you. going like, "What was Teddy doing?" You know, I mean, Dude, anybody, anybody can be I don't doing know, that because this somebody could sense. be on the take. What's the chance somebody's on the take? Himself. All right, let me see. 
Splice to win 3-0 is plus 3,000. Only plus 3,000? It should be 5. Yeah, it should be more than that. It should be plus 20,000 if they're plus 2,000 just to win the match. Let me see. Let me try another one. The 3-0 should be plus 50,000. Splice minus 2.5. Yeah. It's not that high. Not giving enough juice. I'm not touching the Splice minus 2.5. You heard it here first, guys. I'm not touching it. Fair enough. I'm actually Dude. excited to see them. I'm actually excited to see what Splice comes up with. Like, because they gotta, like, they gotta try something. They have to, yeah, they have right. to try something different. Because there's no way that they're gonna play like the similar style of League of Legends and try to beat them as their own game. You know what I mean? Like, honestly, this, this, as bad as, bad as I'm gonna say, I'm not gonna. I mean, I'm gonna throw out probably half a unit, but yeah. I'm actually excited to watch this game because I think Splice is gonna come up with something so like so cheesy that like it may like work within like the first 15 minutes, and then after that, it's just like, all right, well, this is gonna be the Doritos <laughs> Nacho Cheesier sponsorship deal for Splice if they take it. It's gonna be Cheetos. It's gonna be Cheetos, man. Cheetos, dangerously, like, dangerously. They- it's going to be interesting, too, because Splice are not that team. Like, they are the furthest <laughs> from that team. Like, they are, like, yeah. pretty much, like, structured by the book, blah, blah, blah. Maybe Origins more, but, like, it's going to be interesting to see what they come up with. Like, I want to see some, like, Quinn against Renekton. Like, I want to see some, like, Quinn against Renekton or, like, Teemo or uh, just, like, a Jarvan Leona kill lane bottom. Just, like, some nonsense. Like, I just want to see something. They like, just got to fight. They just got to keep fighting. Like, there's, like, just just fight. You know what I mean? Try to pull out every time. Like how does so? How does this happen? Like how does how does Splice win a game here? Don't get, don't, don't get don't get destroyed during your laning phase. <laughs> yeah, they have to win the lanes. I think. I yeah. don't think they're gonna beat them in late game team fights. Like Olaf and shoving <laughs> lanes. Anybody? Yeah, I'll take Olaf and shoving lanes. I'll take yeah, and I'll take any mage in the bot lane. I don't even care what it is. Play Fizz bot and just throw <laughs> out all. And just bam, smash them. Anything like I'll take any of that. Just go all, do like a jugger maw, kick it back five years. Just it is kind of tough because it's Kabe, and like he's not gonna want it. He's not a guy they want to send down there on a mage. Like he's still one of the best eighty carries. I'm telling you, dude, they should do jugger maw. Yeah, I'd be all right with that. Just pick a game and do it. I mean, the other thing is too. Presumably, they're gonna get three chances at the lottery here. Like, that's <laughs> yeah. what, so like they get to full on cheese three games now. <laughs> yeah, like. I don't know. It's wild. It's going to be fun to watch, to be honest. I don't be, care that it's... Yeah, I think it's going to be fun. I think over under on Splice's total kills in this series. Let's let's do a let's do a cast uh, prop here. Uh, let's say uh, I'll set the over under at... Nine. 20. <laughs> I was right around there. I was thinking 22. 18 to 22 range, right? I'll say 20. Yeah. 20 and a half, we'll say. 20.5 total kills for Splice. It's basically a lock if they get a game. I don't know what I'd put the odds at. I'm just spitballing yeah, here. That's, I'm that's looking for bad. anything to talk about with the series because like, there's just nothing. Yeah, that is tough. I don't know if I would take the over. I think I would take the over. They they could have some long games where they end up with like 8, 9, 10 kills. I think the over. Yeah. I think, I think the over is on the 20 and a half is, would be pretty reasonable. SKT <laughs> might clown around in game three. Play with their food a little bit. Coma might let the boys loose for like five minutes in this whole series. <laughs> not, not that they're uh, they're typically cutthroat businesses, you know, take care of business type team, but he might let them loose for a few minutes. 
Faker might bust out the Faker might play like some nonsense. Like what's some nonsense thing that Faker's played before? Might play he like... plays he's played too much karma from my <laughs> like it's not nonsense, but I don't I don't want him on karma. Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah, there's there's not a lot to talk about in this yeah, series. Not a lot. I'll end up with some money on splice just because I think the odds are ridiculous, but there's really not splice. a lot. To... Yeah. There's really not a lot to talk about. Yeah. Um let's see. Pick of the week. So last week, I, I keep forgetting to recap. The last like two shows, I've forgotten to recap mostly because we've been running over time. But let me do a recap this week. Yeah, so, give them a recap. Last week, uh, I missed on game against J Team. They definitely could have won that game. I'm a little upset about that one. Uh, John hit SKT or hit Fnatic plus two forty against SKT. That was nice. I also it made had... me sad because I said that I would I was actually going to put the Fnatic parlay on there if the odds were a little bit better. They were yeah. only eleven to one, and I wanted like twenty to one. If yeah. they would have given me twenty to one, I would have put the whole parlay in there. That was totally reasonable. The whole cast would have been hooked up for like the rest of the year. Truth. <laughs> um, I did bet Fnatic with you. I just didn't make it pick of the week. So, uh, Chris had Liquid plus one fifty against IG. We all know how that went. We've talked about it at nauseum. Calvin had AHQ plus three thirty three against Liquid. Honestly, HQ was literally going to win. <laughs> What and they looked good in an early game. They were actually doing fine. And then all of a sudden, dude, they just got picked near Baron and they just went downhill. They just went downhill from there. Like, they just didn't know what to do after that. And then just, and then Team Liquid just steamrolled them. I was, dude, what is such a terrible game? <laughs> <laughs> all right. So on the year, I'm 17 and 13 for plus 4.95 units. Uh, John is. 16 and 13 for plus 7.78 units. Chris is 14 and 14, but plus 6.17 units. Hashtag the value. Uh, Calvin is 4 and 21, minus 9.64. And uh, of course, we have Zing with his uh, undefeated record. Got to have him back on. So, uh, as a cast, we are 51 and 61, but we are plus 9.26 units on the season. So, um, assuming one unit per wager. So we're doing pretty well as a cast. Uh, pick of the week for this week. I haven't picked mine yet, but uh, I know John's got a slightly more complicated one that he wants to yeah, go into. So I can explain ahead. mine real quick. I So mine, I wrote about this in my article as well, but I think this is like insane value. So the futures right now <clears throat> at Bovada, they have SKT at minus 120 to win the tournament right now. With all these teams left in here, and they put Griffin as the second favorite at plus 450. I think both of those are terrible futures bets. But the next four, I really like. Um, if you bet one unit on IG, G2, Fnatic, and Fun Plus Phoenix, if any of those four teams win, your minimum profit is four units. So you're essentially getting at minimum plus 400 on one of those teams to win the world championship, and you're getting half the field. And in my opinion, the second, third, fourth, and fifth most likely teams to win. Like, I think SKT might be your biggest favorite right now. I think them and G2 is kind of close. But at, I think you're getting second, third, fourth, and fifth at minimum plus 400, maximum plus 1,000. If Fnatic wins the tournament, you would win 10 units. So for me, the best bet is putting four units on – or one, one unit on each of IG, Fun Plus Phoenix, Fnatic, and G2. That's going to be my, my pick of the week. So I'm in for four units here. I could really 
plus or minus so, my pick of the week. So how does that, uh, I mean, just make sure you write that down so that I know to, to calculate it that way. Just like <clears throat> you're getting, so it's IG. Just, just write it in. I'm going to, we'll go down to Chris and Calvin while you're doing that. Okay. All right. Chris, pick of the week. Pick of the week. Invictus Gaming plus 135. Yeah, was it? Yeah, against Griffin. Moneyline. I like I mentioned. I think this will be uh, experience more so than uh, anything. Yeah, that's so, fair yeah, enough. I'll yeah, I mean, we, we we talked about that one quite a bit, so it t- totally makes sense. Calvin, you're not allowed to pick anything greater than minus two hundred. Dude, no, that's not fair because all season long I've had plus four hundred odds on almost all my bets. Bro, so I the feel rules like... are right here. There's no such thing as rules with me. There are the <laughs> rules are right here. Look. All right, fine. Uh, G two minus two and a half plus six eighty. Oh, d- d- whoo! There Lock we go. Eight. There we go. All right, that's more of a. Lock He's gonna make up all of those stat picks in one. <laughs> that's a that's a very Calvin pick. I'm a fan. Uh, man, this is an, this is a really tough week for me because. I'm almost definitely going to be on one of these props for more than this. Like, I almost think that the over 27.5 kills in Fun Plus Fanatic is really, really good. At minus 120. Uh, I like... Whenever the game time total comes out for Dan Juan G2, I'm going to like the under in that as well, probably, if it's like 32 or 33. Uh, you got a lot of background noise, Chris. For oh, now, sorry. man, this is tough. I'm gonna go with G2 money line. If you like the value play, I think it's Invictus at plus 135. So I'm I'm with Chris on the value play. I'm gonna go G2 minus 130 G2 money line against uh, my boys Dan One, which feels bad because you know this is kind of a hedge for me, for what it's worth. If Dan won win this whole tournament, I'm going to be uh, – you won't see me for a week. I'll put it that way. <laughs> um, I have the most features exposure to Dan Wan. I got I got Dan Wan at plus 4,000 earlier in the summer, and that's like my uh, – the one I stand to gain the most on. I think Dan Wan and Fnatic and SK Telecom are the three that I stand to gain the most on. So um, that was from stuff I did earlier in the summer. But So, yeah, uh, I'll put uh, – I'll make sure to put John's setup – for his 14th future setup in the in the um, show notes because it might have been a little fast for people, but yeah, that's it. Kelly, you really think the three O for real? Uh, yes, three O G two. That would blow me away. Okay, all right, that's fine. Minus three eighty or three sixty five, whatever it was. Six eighty. Six eighty. Minus two point five. It's six eighty. Lock it in. You heard it here. Wait a minute. It's not 680. I'm a liar. It's plus 365. 365, yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm no. dumb. It's I honestly, I realistically, I'm telling you, I re- realistically, like, G2 could do it. I mean, G2 are skull. I wouldn't be that surprised. Hot. Yeah, like, when they're hot, they're hot. They're just kind of... They're also, like, a really demoralizing team to play against, so, like, they could totally tilt these damn one guys off the face of the earth. If they just, like, stomp them in, like, 16 minutes in game one or something, but... All right, um... Some sign-offs? Yeah, I, I didn't really have anything in particular planned. I just figured we'd run long and that, uh... Let me see. 
I could do like the whole results oriented thinking sign off because that's been triggering me quite a bit lately. Uh, Go ahead. It's it's going to be a longer topic. Definitely, we'll have to talk about for another show at some point. But like, don't draw conclusion. And I know it's not. It's definitely league related. But just in general, don't draw conclusions from small, small sample sizes. Learn from what you can from a small sample size. Don't jump and extrapolate a small sample size because ultimately it doesn't show you everything you need to know. Maybe it does. There's a certain percentage of the time where it's like, it is what it is. And if you played it out a hundred times, that is what it was. But most of the time, it's not a good indicator of, of what you're seeing. And I, we talk about it in, in, in reference to the results for these teams. And I mean, I'll, I'll say specifically liquid. I think liquid, uh, I think clutch, I think Hong Kong attitude, the results don't dictate how, how well they played. You could disagree with that all you want. Uh, I would argue Fnatic maybe the other way. I think Fnatic maybe could have lost more games than they did. But um, we talk about it in terms of this, but you can apply this to to work, driving to you know wherever, uh, hitting the lottery, like your your homework, your solo queue. Like there's any number of things. Like don't try just try not to be results oriented about stuff. Like it's about the process and having the right approach to something and whether it was the correct way to do things, you can't cook in too much variance to things. And this is, this is a longer form discussion, but I would, I'm just going to caution people against drawing full conclusions about all these teams from six games. And I give think, you like, a, a classic example of what Gelati is talking about in everyday life. The one that someone used for me many years ago when they were describing this, <clears throat> if you walk up to a girl in the bar and you say, Hey, Justin Bieber is my favorite musical artist. Do you want to have sex with me? There is at <laughs> least there is at least one woman in the world that, that will work on. But if it worked, <laughs> would you then make the assumption that that will work on every girl because it worked on this girl? Exactly. Like some things will work sometimes and will not work other times. That was an example someone used for me. <laughs> years ago, and I always I mean, thought you it was know a great all about this of playing poker, like. <clears throat> Aces is the thing. strongest hand. You can still lose with aces, even if you play it and exactly you do, the way you're supposed to. Like, and you do way more often than people think. Yeah, I mean, what is it? It's what's the preflop? Eighty twenty or whatever. Depends on like, what your yeah. depends on what your opponent's hand is, but yeah, like usually you're going to lose somewhere around like eleven percent of the time. And so eleven percent seems small, but when it happens to you, it happens way more often than you think it's going to happen. Because every time you get in, yeah, out. every time you get in with aces, you're just like, oh my god, I always lose. But anyway. I, that, that was just an example. I don't know. That's that. That would be my. Uh, I guess it's not really a cautionary tale. It's just an approach. It's a philosophy to things. And I would like to do like a longer form cast on that sometime. But I would say I say specifically, and this is the beef I have with the world's format is I want a bigger sample size because I want to be able to draw more accurate conclusions. That's all I got for now. So, who's next? I had, I'll go with one. I had one. Um, this one's one that happens to me all the time, which is. If you don't know a lot about a subject, try really, really hard to, to, to give somebody, like to give people that know what they're talking about, especially a little bit more credence on some things. Like I'm going to give you an example. This happens to me all the time with sports betting. It happens to me all the time with poker. People that don't understand those things give no credit to how hard they are because they just, they're just like, oh, I don't do it. And like, you know how many people you could go up to right now and be like, do you think you could bet League of Legends for a living, like predict like who's going to win matches would say yes. an absurd number of people would be like, of course I can. Yeah. Like I watch LCS sometimes. Like I could definitely tell you who's going to win. P- 
people have no idea how hard it is. And when it was poker, it was the same thing. Everybody that had ever played dime poker on the living room table thought that they could be a professional poker player if they wanted. Had no idea. When I played poker for a living, I played literally 120 hours a week. I'm not exaggerating. I played often 120 hours a week. And so, like, people just have no concept of how hard some of those things are, the amount of things that you have to do. To give you another example that has nothing to do with me, uh, like years and years ago before I met my wife, I reconnected with this ex-girlfriend and we were just hanging out one day. And she was talking about how she shows dogs. And my initial thing was just like, that sounds like really dumb. Like, I don't, I, that sounds <laughs> super stupid. But she talked to me about it for like hours. And there was an absurd amount of things that went into showing dogs, the politics of the communities, like shit that I never would have thought was involved in this. So be careful jumping to conclusions about something that you don't know anything about. There's an awful lot of people, to give you the biggest example that's ever happened in my life, I lost complete faith in the United States government when I watched the online poker hearings uh, when they were deciding if they were going to ban it. Every person they brought up to talk had no fucking idea what they were talking about. Yeah. They're all senators and people like that. They would come up, oh, you know, you know, if you get 21, you win. And so poker seems pretty like these guys had no clue what they were talking about. But they were up in front of Congress talking about this like they were experts on the subject. I don't know. Just uh, give yourself a little a little room to consider that the other person might know more about this and be interested in learning it. Ask them, you know, what is it like doing something like that? Get some more information. I would say make it a healthy, make it a healthy dialogue and healthy discourse. Don't just like be, don't just assume. Just enjoy. yeah, it's that golden rule, right? Don't don't assume. That's <laughs> yeah, one of, one of the golden assume. rules. And 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 you can really educate yourself by talking to some of these people. I learned an awful lot about showing dogs when I talked to that ex girlfriend. I'm never going to show dogs, yeah. but I know a lot more about it now than I ever did in the past. I learned something. You know, there's nothing wrong with having a little more knowledge. Approach things with open ears. Mm-hmm. What about you, Chris? Anything? Yeah, um, Riot, hey, my friend Linda. That's just oh, yeah, this is messed you up. Guys, uh, you can go into more detail. Go into more so detail on this. I mean, she was like, and and clearly you saw how the quality of, um, she was hired or like reached out by Riot to be the uh, LPL English Twitter account. Um, and she did a wonderful job. Sorry. Um, but, of course, Riot, with their sneaky, big corporate way, tries to like screw her out of her salary or underpay her. In any case, it's all messed up. But it is a lesson for people that you never trust these corporations to reciprocate um, things to you. They seem to still look for to take advantage of young, naive people, and it really leaves a bad taste. Because I really love, you know, the product, but you know, you have to separate that from business. You, because these people definitely business minded more so than they really care for their workers. Yeah, you can you can love a product, but you can still hold a company accountable. Like that's the way I look at it. Like they should be held accountable for something like this. And there, there's, I mean, there was a lot of stuff that happened over the course of this year that you could read up on. That like maybe we could take a whole separate. Like this is honestly another separate cast that we could go into. Like just with all the behind the scenes shit and messed up stuff that was going on at Riot and uh, not just Riot, like a bunch of these other companies. Um, and I'll, yeah, go ahead. I, want to, I just wanted to piggyback that a little bit because as coming from the other side, like Chris said, you know, be careful. They want to take advantage of like young, naive people. I come from the other side. Like I'm an older dude with a family. I'm not going to work for free if anybody yeah. wants me to work for free. And I'll tell you, these companies have straight up told me, not Riot, but tons of companies. I've talked to a lot of people about possibly working for them. And tons of people have straight up told me, 
there's no reason for us to hire you. We can find somebody who will do the same job for no money because they just want to have esports exposure and they might not be quite as knowledgeable, but they could do a little Googling and they'll figure some stuff out and we can get them to do it for free. So why are we going to pay you like a, a good salary to do this? Like I've straight up had companies tell me that. So keep in mind, they are like, they want to pray. If you're an 18, 19 year old trying to get into this industry, companies want to prey on your eagerness to get involved in esports. Believe me. It's a delicate balance between knowing that you are going to have to make some sacrifices to kind of dive into a new field. That's with like anything, but you shouldn't sacrifice like, like you shouldn't be doing it for free. Like if you're good at something, yeah. don't, it's classic. If you're good at something, don't do it for free, right? Like it's that simple. And honestly, it depends on how good you are at it. Yeah, if you're, if, you're act, if you know actually nothing about esports, and a company offers to pay you twenty five dollars an article, like go for it. Like you don't know anything about it, you're going to learn about it, and you're going to get paid to do it. It's kind of cool. If you've been, if you're Thorin and you've been following esports for twenty five years and you know everything about every Counter Strike team, don't do it for twenty dollars an article yep. because <laughs> there's going to be somebody you can find that will recognize your worth. Dude, I love betting on Counter Strike. Actually, so betting on Counter Strike <laughs> is a lot of fun. I no, I don't know. I I watch a lot of Counter Strike uh, games and matches. All a bunch of e- ESL games, even women's ESLs. Dude, like Counter Strike is really interesting. But man, dude, I don't know. I feel like they're just all fixed. <laughs> in my opinion, I swear, dude. I'm dude. like, there's no way. Like Counter Strike has a this has a, a higher level of variance than games like league and so there are a lot of um like when you have a team like an skt that just comes into a counter-strike tournament and they're a big favorite it's like not super uncommon for them to just get bumped out in the quarters by something that no one expected there's a lot more variance in in counter-strike in a lot of ways well i think there's there's a lot more variance just because i think it's it's more of a twitch reaction type i mean i I know there's strategy to counter-strike there's a lot of it and there's the money system does a lot of it if you if your team gets buried on money then yeah you can just get buried in a map even if you're way better than them there's also just like the i mean just the the physical and psychological aspect of it the comebacks are just crazy like i remember watching sk was like down like probably eight rounds nine rounds on like t side and they just come back and just just be, just beat them, dude. I was like, Jesus Christ! It's because of it's of money. Dude, when they when you have money, super yeah. fun to watch. I always yeah. try to catch some of the majors, DreamHack, all that. Like, you know. Oh yeah, I always watch them. All. I always try to catch some of the majors. I don't have too much time on my hands, but I, I'll always put them on when I get a chance to. Uh, anything else, guys? We're trying to get out of here. I'm Another good, long man. one, but again, this is the World Championships. We wanted to chop these matches up. Uh, this is probably the most interesting quarterfinals set I've I've ever experienced. I would have to go back and look at it. I mean, we have one dud, but the other three matches are like absolute barn burners. Like, I, we had a hard. We do this all year long. We've watched all these teams all year long, and we still all had a hard time picking these games. So, yeah, very tough. again, I, I think it's a testament to just the overall parity of the tournament, and and it's been a great tournament already. There's been some twists and turns. Some stuff's going our way. Uh, I haven't had a great tournament betting at all, but I've been enjoying it every minute, regardless. So. Super streak for me. Got yeah. killed in the play-ins. Got killed in the first day of groups, and then absolutely slaughtered since then. Yeah, yeah. I think overall I smashed pretty much everything. Nice. All right. Um. Oh, I, I wanted to say uh, one more brief thing just before we jet out. But uh, I saw, and I mentioned this to to John. I don't know if you guys saw it. Maybe I think you guys probably have your old DraftKings eyes. But uh, DraftKings is offering a quarter contest for a ticket into an entry for forty k guaranteed for next year's LCS opening day, which I thought was pretty 
cool shows a, at least a little bit of commitment moving forward from DraftKings, which uh, I think is relevant, especially to you guys and a lot of our listeners who are DFS people. Um, it's quarter buy-in. Yeah, well, and it's uh, whatever that tournament is. We don't know what it is, but it's the biggest tournament of all time. Forty yeah. k, the biggest prize pool we've ever That's had. That's insane. So. Yeah, so um, get in on that. It's for Saturday morning slate. Um, it's a quarter, dude. Just do it. Like, come on, that's that's value, right? Um, I think that's it from us. Uh, enjoy these quarterfinals. It should be a bunch of absolute amazing matches. I'm really excited, and uh, we'll be back at it again next week. Uh, looking over the semis. Looking over the semifinals, and uh, just hang around for a few minutes after we jet. But we're gonna be out of here, guys. Everybody enjoy uh, the quarterfinals, and I'm sure we'll all see you on Twitter. The Gold Card Podcast opening theme is Clouds by Harvey and the Hendersons. The closing theme is Wasp in a Hat by the Tea Club. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Podbean to never miss an episode.